This is the Dear Warren Podcast. Welcome to Dear Warren Podcast. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we do backseat parenting here. We, sto- uh, we share stories, principles, parables, lessons, and try to pass them down to our son, Warren. And as far as this week, as far as midweek, we're hope- hopefully releasing this around Thanksgiving. I am joined by... Jessica. Very good. Did I do good? <laughs> yes. We're still trying to figure out how to uh, allow yourself to announce yourself. J-E... Pateri. S-P-T-E. And as far as the midweek podcast, special edition, uh, we usually do something out of the norm uh, where, what was it, last time we had you play a video game and we commented over it. Mm-hmm. In this case, we are doing, uh, having the background, NXT TakeOver. Houston, War Games. Oh, look at that beautiful uh, flip over. Uh, this is like the third take because I kept uh, messing up the tagline, which you keep telling me I don't have to do anymore. Correct. At least I don't, I think I still have to because we're, uh, you know, we have dozens and dozens of listeners. Our dozens and dozens of listeners will figure out what the podcast <laughs> is or is not about, or maybe they won't, um, without the tagline. But what we have going on in the background is obviously professional wrestling. It holds a special place in our hearts, and uh, we, we enjoy watching it. We have a lot of fun with it, and that's the whole point of the podcast, to have a lot of fun together. We hope everyone who uh, listens, we thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have fun as well, too. Um, and as it's going on in the background, we'll usually address if something really cool is about to happen. Uh, like in this case, Lars Sullivan is going against Cassius Ono, and he's on the top rope, and is he going to hit the splash? No, he doesn't hit the splash. So it's like fit large man against unfit large man. And as that is going on in the background, um, I'm sometimes... Not an, I'm we, not an Ono fan. I'm sorry. Mm, you you don't like the attire. Well, you know, there's not many people who go around in, a, in like a basketball jersey and, ooh, hard forearm shots. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, <laughs> you just punch him right in the face. And again... Um, as this goes on in the background, we usually try to either stay with the action or if, uh, another story comes up, we let it happen. And it's basically just to give Warren a, a nice view of what has been happening with us and hopefully teach him a few things. No pressure. In any case, that was a discus kick coming from Cassius Ono and catches... Sullivan in the face. A discus kick is when you spin around and then you basically just kick him in the face. That's quite unoriginal of a name. Dis- discus like a... I guess, discus kick. A yeah. discus kick. Yep. Now, is that just the name of it or is that the name of Ono's like signature? That's the name of his signature. Uh-huh. And it looks like it's not working on Laura Sullivan. Look at this. Oh, uh, the special thing about NXT TakeOver War Games is that there's two rings in the middle of the arena. Because uh, it's a callback to an old WCW show, uh, World Championship Wrestling. This is way back in the, I think, early 80s. And they would have, like, two teams face off. And uh, I think there's, like, uh, uh, what is it? Three teams of three. So you got nine people. And due to just the massive amount of... uh, uh, people that are w- would be competing in the match, it, they they promote that it actually takes two rings to contain everybody. Oh boy! So you will see later on um, how they uh, let those team members come into play. But I, I forgot who's exactly in it right now. So, uh, so to confirm, it's three teams. Yes. Two rings. 
Yes. One cage. Yes. I believe there will be a steel cage over everything. It sounds excessive. What? It's Authors of Pain and Roderick uh, Strong. Yeah. Yes, that's one team. So Authors of Pain is a tag team. That's the first three. The next one's Sanity. Sanity, which is the three which of them. Which is the, the three of them minus Nikki Cross, because Nikki Cross will be competing in the uh, women's Fatal 4-Way Championship match. And it looks like Lars Sullivan just won. Huh. Which you don't really care for Cassius owner nope. anyway. So. And it's, it's the, the reason why I don't care for him is mostly his attire. <laughs> Go on. They, they put him in, so a little background on him, and, I, and I'm going to not get it completely right, but he is a fairly odd-shaped man. Uh, I think he has a thyroid condition. I think it's like a disclosed thyroid condition. So I kind of like feel bad shitting on him. But at the same time, aesthetically, he would be wearing very tight, like basketball player attire. And it was just really not flattering for his frame. Uh, and he just is a little... Sl- I mean, he's good, but he's just a little slow and a little pudgy and a little ill-fitting in his attire. So I tend to hate on him for that reason, which is really unfair. Uh, however, that, you know... And then he has a... It's like a weird chant for like, oh, no, oh... And I don't like when people... You don't, don't either when their like, song is their name. <laughs> It's like I'm a, laughing. You've become so smarky. It's like, You're imagine sp- if like you introduced me and I was like, J-E-E. And then it was like, my announce of myself. This is Jessica Slipaswan. Here. S-S. Jessica. That's how you have to announce yourself every single time on the midweek podcasts now. Oh, apologies to the listeners for that going, uh, you know, stereo in <laughs> your ears. That was amazing. In any case, um, oh, there's a break. So d- during this break, you also had a little bit of a break this uh, past week as well, too. I want to call it a break. A break? But you did uh, do something out of the norm. And what was that, Jess? Uh, I was traveling for work, so I was actually going across the pond, oh. like they say. So, you know... a accumulating in uh, 15 hours on a plane between two flights and, you know, four and a half days. It was a bit rough, but i um, happy to be back stateside for so sure. So you were in London, right? I was. I was in London and, and outside, uh, right outside London, about 45 minutes to an hour out. And you got to learn things such as, hey, Warren, when they say pants in England, yes, it means... Underwear. So we had a whole conversation about dress. So um, one of the things, if you think about sort of winter attire, so we obviously have things called sweaters, right? Uh, and the people, you know, British people do not call sweaters sweaters. They call it something else that I can't imagine right now because they think sweater is gross because you know sweaters were ma- meant for you to sweat in, sweatpants, sweatshirt, sweaters. Uh, and they don't, they think really? it's gross. Really? Okay. So they call it something else. I'm, I can't remember exactly what it is, but when it comes to pants specifically, they call pants trousers. Mm. And then when there's pants, they think of pants as underpants. So uh, it's, you know, you have your trousers and then you have your underpants. We obviously don't really use the word trousers. We use pants, but to them, it sounds too close to underpants or panties, uh, both of which are obviously for your undergarment. So that is uh, another thing there as well that we went back and forth on. And there's also some slang with some of the, the younger UK folks. Specifically, there was a word that was used called pang. Pang? 
like not Thai pang for expensive, but you pay pang for like my eyes lit up there. I know for pang pang like P E N G is how I would imagine you would spell it, but it's basically meant to be like, oh, that's a good, that's a good thing, it's a solid choice. Like, oh, that use it in a sentence that they did there. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's so pang, or oh, that shirt's so pang, or that's like so like solid, like oh, that's a good choice. So, so the first time they used it on you, where you're like, wait, what the, wait, oh, what? It was like a drive-by. You're like, wait, what, 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 huh? And then like, you know, you don't want to be like one of those people who, you know, pretends they don't understand. So you just kind of like let it go. But then you didn't know like whether to laugh or to like <laughs> just look at them. <laughs> so there was like the, the momentary lapse of facial expression that caused them to then explain what they had just said. So, uh, Oh, that, they saw it on your face. Oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. I mean, we I, we tried to hide it. It, it wasn't happening. So uh, there was a lot there as well. And then uh, a friend of mine had given us... So Cadbury is obviously very prominent there. And there was a, basically what would equate to kind of like a chocolate pudding. And there's something... Oh, I am on my words. But it's basically like um, chocolate like little chocolate waffle nugget type things. Uh-huh. And you basically have the yogurt in one half and the waffly things in the other. And you kind of close the yogurt or the pudding together. Sounds delicious. To dump. Oh, it was just chocolate on chocolate. It was uh-huh. absolutely delicious. And, you know, sugar coma inducing as uh-huh. well. Uh, but it was delicious for sure. Was this the thing that had the toy in it or something? Oh, no. So I brought some of those back. So I don't, I need to figure out exactly what they're called. I gotta get the bag. But it's like the little chocolate eggs there. Uh, I think Cadbury makes them. There's a name for mm-hmm. them, but basically there's a toy on the inside. They're illegal in the U.S., right? They are illegal in the U.S. I mean, I didn't really check to see if it was legal for me to buy them and bring them here, but nobody said anything. They uh, just thought it was chocolate. They just thought it was chocolate. Uh, but yeah, you can't get them in the U.S. because the little pieces on the inside is a choking hazard. So I, of course, I then bought quite a few of them to bring back to give them out to see what these little toys the eggs are not that big so i'm sure these toys are definitely a choking hazard don't get me wrong but i since i knew we couldn't have them here it made i made sure to get some well i'm glad to have you back jess i'm glad to be back babe it was a wonderful uh a few days of playing mr mom dad oh yes i can imagine it i, I imagine it was hard that was all right had to play the routine oh and the next match coming up, we have Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. I will explain Alistair Black after you <laughs> explain Velveteen Dream. So Velveteen Dream <laughs> is a man among Wait, men. Let's at least see Alistair Black's uh, entrance, which is, I think, right now in the WWE, one of the top, both WWE and NXT, one of the top entrances there is. Look at this. It's really good. Well, since With fog. Explain he it rises. since the people listening. He literally rises. Kind of like Undertaker style, no? Yeah, but like, yeah. He, oh. I mean, and he's, then the he's music. heavily tattooed. He looks like he runs a tattoo shop in like he Park looks Slope, like a, Brooklyn. I think someone described him as like a as a satanic yogi person. Mm. <laughs> Always the like ice cold stare. He's got a great look. As he's long got as he a, doesn't in, talk. He's got an incredible uh, uh, entrance music. And just great presence. And he's, uh, as far as his wrestling style, it's very striker-based. Like, he likes to uh, throw kicks a lot. His finishing move is called Black Mass, which is uh, one of your favorite kicks in Taekwondo. Like, the reverse turning kick or something like that with the heel. and Right? Mm-hmm. So, that's his move. 
It would um, probably be a re- if it goes through. It would probably be technically be a reverse ho- hook kick. There you, yeah, like a one eighty reverse hook kick. Mm-hmm. Technically, um, a reverse turning kick would stop at the target and not go through. Well, this is the black mass, so. <laughs> In any case, that's his. It finisher. could be whatever it wants to be. And he also has uh, an amazing, like, uh, he's very agile. Like, he's able to like springboard off the ropes, do a like a complete backflip, and land in a in a Indian style cross cross legged style. Okay, so that is Alistair Black. So as he's making his way to the ring, why don't you start uh, or continue your description of Velveteen Dream? So I would describe him as. Prince. Very good descriptor. And the cast of hair had a baby. It would be Velveteen Dream. Well, he's also pretty, like great physical prowess as well, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Pretty he's chiseled. Um, and is, it's very, he's very purple and very effeminate. Well, Velveteen, Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. And, and, and the basis of this match is that Velveteen Dream just basically called him out. Oh, here he comes. And he's got the very prince like, like he like crawls, he slithers in the ring. He uh, uh, does suggestive moves with his lips. He's kind of like a, obviously a very a shade of gold dust in terms of Playing on the a, a little uh, the androgynous thing, a little bit of that. I think though he he does a lot more of like the the prince style aspect. Oh, absolutely. As, as you can see right here, look at this. He's like rubbing his lips, and uh, you gotta love those shades. Look at that. He's got, he's got regular like uh, you know like rose tinted glasses, but then he's got like one right up in the middle, like the third eye, like yeah, red very nineteen seventies accessories, very <laughs> hippie era. Um, but I mean, he really is, it was, this was booked very well and he's really is the antithesis of he's everything Aleister Black is not and vice versa. They are mm-hmm. very much the light in the dark. Should you say in terms of, a or the light in the purple yeah, of a rivalry or the dark in the purple. But in any case, the, the whole rivalry is, is, is Velveteen dream wanted to make a name for himself. And he like slapped, uh, Alistair Black across the face and said, just say my name. I want you to say my name. Mm. And it, and that's been going on for like, just Week, uh, weeks now. So, the interesting thing about uh, Velveteen Dream is that uh, WWE actually had, uh, for a while, running their own reality show where uh, uh, wrestlers um, of all walk. Uh, <laughs> he has Aleister Black on his tights. <laughs> he has his face on his tights. Oh, very Rick Rudish. Those are quite oh, the tights. Oh, that is such a callback to Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude, um, the late great uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, used to do that as well, too. He used to get, like, tights and spray paint uh, his opponent's faces, like, right on his crotch. Oh, wow. And then, or on his butt. And he would flex his butt or he would, like, thrust his crotch, like, oh, at the wow. camera. It was, he was one of the best creative heels of, of his time. Mm. So, um, the... The reality show that WWE uh, used to have—I don't know if it, it's probably still going. It used to be—it's uh, called uh, Tough Enough, and so wrestlers of all walk, uh, wh- whether amateur, uh, never stepped in the ring before, or have been on the independents, all attempt to go on this uh, reality show where they train and they try out f- for a, a WWE contract. And Velveteen Dream was actually uh, prior to that—I believe his name was Patrick Clark—and he was one of uh, the only guys. Um, um, 
in that whole season, I think there were like 12 people. He was one of the only ones who actually like was on the independence and actually took wrestling extremely seriously. Hmm. Everyone else didn't know what was going on or didn't know any other of the matches. And, and he would like call out classic matches all the time. And uh, he got eliminated like third to last week or something like that. Mm. But um, obviously, the, the, like the WWE knew about his potential just because of his uh, passion uh, for the business. So I guess they kept him along and they let him have a, you know a developmental contract in NXT. Mm -hmm. He started competing a bit just as Patrick Clark under his uh, original name, and then I guess he got the Velveteen Dream gimmick. And just as you can see, he's just running with it as hard as he can and doing and doing very well, I might add, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think when you you have a character that in some cases, in both of the cases, can be seen as an archetype of, uh, of a character, if that's the correct word, just sort of almost like a shade of or a homage to it can get gimmicky really quickly and it can get um, gimmicky in a bad way really quickly. Like you're playing and like you're in a Halloween costume playing a character almost. Yep. Uh, but I would agree. I think they've both done a really good job at establishing a realism there in that character to make it, though, although we do see the ridiculousness of it, we we buy in because they just do it so well or it's so interesting to watch. And it was such a, like, you wouldn't have, like, if you showed Aleister Black all before, like, before coming into this matchup, he was going against, like, Hideo Itami, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, badass versus badass. And you're like, oh, he... They're pushing him in such a badass. Like, who's his next opponent going to be? I bet it's going to be another badass or something mm -hmm. like that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, Velveteen Dream comes out. And you're like, wait, what? And within that first moment where he's like, say my name. And then, like, getting in his face and then slithering away, you hear the whole crowd go, oh. And you just realize that this is something that I actually want to see now. Yep. And they kept each week a little hint, just a little hint, a little more, showing a little more of Velveteen Dream, like getting a little more vicious. Mm -hmm. So it's, I guess the best way to put it for non-wrestling fans is um, if you were not sold on that, like Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, right? It, it, you had no idea what was going on, but you, you saw all those like uh, uh, promos that they did where mm -hmm. they went to MSG and they sat down uh, uh, like, you know, at the same table and they just like bashed each other verbally and like making fun of each other um, and cursing each other out. And you're like, ooh, ooh, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, these guys really hate each other. Oh, God, McGregor's really, you know, dissing uh, Mayweather. It's, it's that. It's the art of promo and it's the art of um, selling a fight. And usually that's what like fight sports get wrong is mm -hmm. that they try to just like push it as... As as oh it's a it's a it's a competitive and, and it's true it's an athletic competition a legit athletic competition between uh, you know two forces going at it this one is technically better versus this guy or uh, this woman versus this woman in this style and it which is interesting um, if you are a fan of that sport mm -hmm. but if you want to draw in people from the outside the promos that have to go on and, and this is what WWE always attempts to do and they do it right is they sell the story. They try to put a story that everyone can relate to. Mm -hmm. Well, I think also, too, the storytelling helps. You know, there's only a certain amount of movesets that you have, right? There's only a certain amount of wrestling-type things you oh, can do. That. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's an homage to... Rick Rude that he's oh, doing yeah? right there. Rick Rude did the the hip gyration. I'm sorry, it was I, it was something I had to point out. Of Go course, ahead. you had to point out the hip gyration, honey. Uh, 
and he's doing it again. So I think that telling the story makes things that could over time seem very boring still interesting. You can watch a, a you know a woo chop a million times. You mm-hmm. can watch, you know. Oh, a, look at this! I, uh, so after suplex. the hip gyration, remember what I said where 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 Alistair Black like does a backflip off the ropes and then lands cross legged style. And now Velveteen Dream is sitting oh, cross legged oh. style. And now Alistair Black is using Velveteen Dream's own taunt, the little like uh, suggestive like slithering. The whole crowd is going nuts. I'm smiling really hard right now because it's a great, as you were just mentioning, uh, um, I'm sorry for, you know, uh, but it was just happening in the middle of the match, mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, uh, you saw action, 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 right? Showing off their physical prowess. And then in the middle, like, if you don't understand what's going on with the wrestling, suddenly they just do something to advance, like, the story within the ring mm-hmm. with that, the hip gyration, a little bit of the uh, suggestiveness going back and forth and that and the whole crowd is just eating it up yep so i'm sorry with storytelling that it makes things that are otherwise boring and more interesting in terms of you can see mm-hmm. the similar moveset the similar um in ring storytelling outside of i guess that's not really the right word but the there's only so many ways you can you know bounce off the rope or only so many ways you can do a suplex or you know do a submission calf crusher things like that <laughs> But if you put it in a story, it becomes obviously more interesting. Same thing with UFC. You know, five rounds to a decision is always going to be boring. Oh, jeez. But it's going to be more interesting if you really care or invested in the match. I mean, that could, I think, could be oh, said for this. anything. Look at this. Ooh. What is he? Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Velveteen Dream just did a ring taunt where he... Uh, Ran the ropes, looked like he was going to dive over the ropes and uh, clothesline Alistair Black, but then he kind of like did a, a, a move where he flipped over the ropes and flipped back in and then posed, and the whole crowd's eating it up again. So, very flashy. Mm-hmm. Are they chanting Velveteen or NXT? I don't know. Oh, oh here. Nope. What move is here? Super kick. So, would you oh, say that? Right you- into it. One, One two, two, no way. That's a two. So would you would you would you think that I mean UFC try to take tries to take their promo set oh, from WWE. Absolutely. Yep. To do what class of the Titans every time almost. They 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 have to. They had to they have to adapt. The next thing you'll probably see UFC doing is even more elaborate entrances, you know? Kind of like Pride used to do back in the day. Yep. Oh Pride got that right. Yeah. Well too. Pride didn't do the promos as much but but japan's a different audience you know they do like the spectacle of the entrances right they love the spectacle of the entrances but i'm not sure about the promos maybe they do i've yet i've yet to really see that but then again i can't understand what they're saying that's true i mean we've not really watched (laughs) new japan events or episodes i don't know apparently they're they're amazing though absolutely amazing um new japan is a lot more uh uh wrestling based as far as as you were just saying that there's a lot of like wrestling action that can go on with the moves high impact uh strikes and then like a lot of like storytelling where you know after they kick the guy down the the bad guy will like pose or or uh walk around and taunt the audience Mm -hmm. so new japan tends to they do that they still do a lot of the storytelling but like they focus a lot more on like really brutal like in-ring action a lot of moves that focus on the back of the neck as well too which 
Ugh. Now, this might be a stretch, but would you say, you know, Asian cultures overall in terms of in-ring combat, if you took sort of Muay Thai in Thailand and the stadiums in terms of sort of a sheer, you know, a brutality of it, but in New Japan, they are fairly quiet, right, until something big happens, and I'm trying to think if when we saw Thai boxing in stadium in Thailand, a very similar thing happened, I think, as... It builds, right? There was sort of a band that would build with yes. it, but yes, they have music that plays, and the and 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 the music that plays builds and ebbs and flows with the intensity of what how the match is going. It's awesome. I don't remember a lot of people yelling though. Oh yeah, they were. That's they because were? we were like near the front and uh, in in the in the upper deck areas behind the the the, the cage behind mm. that steel fence were all the gamblers, and they were yelling and rattling the cage, and they were and they would uh, yell in time with like. Uh, um, um, with certain strikes mm. and they had specific ones like especially when they would get caught in like a, a tie up and they start throwing knees at each other every time a knee would land the the, 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 the audience would yell Nina Nina and uh, a lot of westerners would think oh they're, they're saying knee knee mm-hmm. but actually in Thai Nina means take that Take that. So they're, they're saying, take that, take that. Yeah. So, oh, I, it's great. I mean, I think to set the stage of that situation a little bit more, I mean, we went, it was in Thailand. I don't remember the name of the, the stadium, but they would sort of hand you a, a sheet that was all in Thai about like the weight classes and who was fighting, kind of like a Xerox copy of a sheet. Uh, and you would, one, two, two no. no. And you would, uh, <laughs> you know, go in and it very much, it was, I mean, I mean, this in, in the most loving way, it was dirty. Yep. It was noisy. Yep. It was cloudy with probably smoke and things. And yep. It was a, almost like, it almost felt like you were in a movie, like those those fighting movies where at the end there's like the yep. match and all the people. And Eki's not exaggerating. There was the top half of this, um, I don't even, you wouldn't call it a stadium or an arena. arena. It was an arena. It was, but yep. it was small. I mean, a small ha- arena. maybe yep. like, I don't know, a couple thousand people. Yep. Uh, there was a cage that would separate you know, the upper half of the, the, the arena from the bottom half. And mm-hmm. I would argue, I think it was explained to me to your point that the upper half was like the bleacher creature seats, yes. but the gambling seats and, mm-hmm. you know, just rough and tough Thai people just yelling at each other and betting on yeah, the, what, gamblers. It, yep. the gamblers and, and what's in some cases are, you know, teenage boys or very young and yeah, very the, light. The, 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 it was crazy because anything above, I think anything above 130 pounds was considered heavyweight. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, when, oh. you know, eight, you know, eight tenths of the roster is lighter than, than me, you know? Yep. And then, and then as you said, we, we, you know, Jess isn't, wasn't kidding as well too. I think the ages of them were 13, 14 and they were beating the crap out of each other. Like just really going at it. So take it, take it for what it was. You, we, we got to see Muay Thai fights in Thailand. So. Right. You know, and I think there's obviously lots to be said about youth fighting and things, you know, in the world. Totally different culture. Totally different culture. And to be fair, that is how they provide for their family. And that's how they live. And we have a big top rope spot. Oh. Yep. Oh. oh, nope. It looks like Alistair Black was reversing it. It looks like he went for a pound. Nope. Kicks him under the leg off the top rope. Is he setting up for Black Mass? Here we go. Here it comes. Mm. Is he going to hit it? Nope. That was just like a, a knee. He's going to kick out. Two. There you go. So, yeah. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of conversations to be had about, you know, children. Oh! Describe that, Jess. I uh, just spiked wow. him on his head. 
Oh, they don't really do those very much, do they? Goodness. That was an amazing DDT executed by Velveteen Dream and an amazing sell. And a kick out from that, too. An amazing sell from Aleister Black. If everyone knows what a DDT is, it's kind of like you put them in a front headlock, front face lock, and then you basically drop their face, uh, like spike it into the into the mat. Except they put an exclamation point, and he swung around with so much torque that instead of just planting his face in the mat, he spiked him on the top of his head, and give it up to the, uh, the the wrestlers for making it look as if he got spiked on the top of his head. He protected him somehow. But he basically did a headstand. It looked like he did a headstand. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. He's probably going to go over here. His finishing move, Velveteen's <laughs> finishing move is a flying elbow, a beautiful flying elbow. Nope. Nope. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's tied up in the ropes. He countered, and he's tied up in the ropes. Oh, is, is he going to black mass him, like, multiple times in the face? So, Here we go. Yeah, he's tied up. The ref is trying to help. Sort of trying the ref, to, a very, very tan a, ref. He's a very orange ref. Uh, that's a, a spray tan gone wrong. Mm-hmm. He's very Cheeto colored right now. Oh, another super kick. Ooh. A spinning knee. This is a great match. It is a very oh, good match. We thought, I, I mean, NXT. we knew it was going to be. Oh. I, I don't know. I knew it was going to be a good match. I didn't think it was going to be this good. Oh, come on. You t- I, no, I, I, I had know. no idea it was going to do that. All right, well. Come on. Did, did, you, did you expect that DDT spot? Did you expect like them to have I, the capability I, to do that? I, I did. I think they're both very athletically. See, the thing I love about professional wrestling is that even though, like, quote, the, the, the outcome is predetermined, mm. it's kind of like, who, who, oh, who cares? One, two. <sighs> Wait, what? Why did they end it there? I don't. It was just so many strikes, huh? But it was a little quick. <sighs> I would have liked it. I like a bigger spot to finish it. I so, so it an otherwise really great match. Yes. Overall. Yes. A, a lot for you know, the way we describe the two guys: a satanic yogi versus a, a, <laughs> a, a prince hair uh, hybrid. Guy. Hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were lots of oh, good spots. Oh my goodness, that was awesome though. Oh, look at these! Like, like I said, give it up to professional wrestlers that um, some of these moves that if you didn't know any better, you're like Jesus Christ! How? How? He was, how did he? He was propping on his. He was propping el- on his elbow. Okay. He was propping on his elbow. <sighs> they replayed that DDT again. But it was so, beautiful. It was a, such a beautifully well executed. Uh, DDT, uh, and like I said, give it up to the wrestlers for making these moves where you think, holy shit, they just dropped them on his head. They're not getting dropped on their head. They 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 are able to protect themselves and still make it look extremely legit. Because the last thing I really do want to see is someone get dropped on their head. Mm. You know. So oh oh wait a minute, you think he's gonna say his name finally? <laughs> he's still he's still like pushing him. He's still like, come on, just say my name. So, so Velveteen Dream is still laid out. Alistair Black is sitting cross-legged, and he's got the mic. And I, I apologize for I guess somewhat dead air, but I want to. I'm actually. Oh, 
That's kind of like a nod of respect. Yeah. Like, even though he lost. He said his name. He said his name. That's cool. That's a cool way to, you know. Pay homage, I guess, or give him props. So, So, this is an example of two guys, they come out of this match with with where where they started out no way that this is going to like work oh my god this is actually going to be cool holy shit they're building it up all right i expect a decent match they deliver beyond and then at the end uh even though one of them goes over the other guy which usually means the other guy's going to lose a bit of like their cred in 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 the division he the, the other guy as you said pays homage and Everyone, everyone is better. Yeah, everyone, coming out of yeah, it. Yeah, no one comes out as a of a, a loser or comes out like a like a super true loser, and and you do it with a clean finish, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of um um uh on the main roster you you will see a lot of quote protected finishes mm. or dirty finishes where it's not as uh, clear and concise as this. Uh, the the best way I can re- relate it is uh, in, in boxing when it goes to a decision and you know that one person like beat the other person as far as like the, the, the number of uh, percentage of punches landed or something, but then the judges screw over that person and then mm-hmm. like, oh, come on. And, and it's, a, it's, it's that feeling of like, ah, oh, fuck, he got fucked over. And no one likes to have things go to decision. Look at Nikki Cross in the locker, just What's freaking she out. She's just... <laughs> Here she goes. <laughs> <laughs> she's freaking out. It looks like they're about to interview, and then she just goes running out of the locker room. Uh, no, yeah. So I think there's a there's probably a time and place for protected finishes. I think absolutely dirty finishes are fun because they piss you off, which makes you want to see redemption, and then you can sort of go that on that for a long time with a couple more matches. So I, though I do like that NXT does a lot more clean finishes than sort of main roster does. I think it gives a little bit more legitimacy to the wrestling prowess of the wrestlers and superstars and, and keeps it, uh, physically interesting as well as, Oh, hon, look what's next. Uh, fatal four. You want to, you want to do a bit more, uh, calling of this? Yeah. Yeah, we'll so see. So who I do we got? I don't We've pr- got the the Pirate Princess, the straight out of Final Fantasy, Kyrie Sane, yes. and the winner of the May Young Classic. We have um Ember Moon, who has been who has come so close to winning it in the past, but Asuka, the the undefeated champion who who uh recently left the division, um just couldn't get past Asuka. And then you have Peyton Royce, I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. Who's part one half of the team iconic, who's uh one of the better like annoying heels, but is can work pretty decently mm. and is and is in it as well too. And our other favorite that we just saw running out of the screen Nikki Cross. was Nikki Cross, uh, the fourth member of Sanity, that faction, uh, where she just has the the unhinged Yeah, crazy of, lady. Cr- cra- crazy uh yeah, kind of gimmick. So they're gonna go in a fatal four way. And Fatal 4-Way, the way it works is that all four women will be in the ring, and the first one to score a pinfall or a submission becomes the champion. So, um, it's I don't believe they said elimination match. Which I don't means, think so. Which means they would, that they would have to pin or submit all the other ones in succession. It's just the first fall. So... And I'm psyched for this match as well, too, because it's they've they've done well with keeping this women's division extremely fresh, especially after uh, Asuka has left. They have, they have. And I think having Asuka leave undefeated 
helped protect Asuka's reputation on the main roster, but as well as just having her leave in general freed it up for this type of four-way. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how this goes on. I mean, my main complaint about main roster women's uh, matches, especially when you have multiple, more than two, is things tend to get a bit messy. Storytelling gets, oh, absolutely. gets to be a bit muddled. It's kind of like Royal Rumble, like... Most of the time, you're not They really have like a five-pack, six-pack challenge, which is like the same thing as a Fatal 4-Way, but you have six people all tr- trying to get their, you know, their performance and their and their spots in, and as you said. And it's probably done for many reasons. One of them probably is it's easier to, you know, choreograph because then you can have people leave the ring for wide swaths of time. And so it's kind of like you have mm-hmm. three matches in the time frame of one, yep. which allows you to do a little bit more, so... Probably they also do it too to like, oh, look at us. See, we're we're giving ta- ring time to all the women. But in reality, is, it's yeah. like you're giving. It's a bit of a throwaway. Yes. So as opposed to like a featured like, all right, one on one. Here you go. Um, but to be fair to the main roster, it's it's kind of like um, the, the writers have just been uh, not giving like good storylines or. They, they only have so much to work with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the main complaints, I believe, on the main roster is just like the lack of good storytelling or good cohesive storylines for them to follow. But here we go. It looks like we're the starting off with the women's championship as the, as the second match, which I find kind of weird. Usually they will do um, the, the championship matches like at the end. Like, the main event, the closing match is usually always the NXT title. The second-to-last match is the women's title, you know? The third-to-last match would be the tag team titles. It looks like they're changing things around here for whatever reason. I don't know yet. Well, this isn't particularly a great slot for them to be in, so we'll see what happens. Oh, why don't you tell the audience, our listeners, about that slot? So, there's... I wouldn't even call it a theory, but the... Parts of the sort of um, roster of, of the television or the pay-per-view you want to be on is you either want to be slot one. This is something that Chris Jericho said. So you want to be slot one or Opener. you obviously want to be the main event slot. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the middle tends to get messy because what happens is if the, f- the opening match is really good. So this opening match was really good. It's going to be really hard to um, supersede that. So in some cases, if they know that a certain match isn't on that trajectory, they will move it so that the audience has time to kind of settle down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so they can kind of be brought back up with better matches. So the fact that this is... uh, They're following a really good opener. Correct. And they were placed here for a reason. I'm hoping it was a good reason, but I'm guessing it probably was not. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused as to why they would put the the women's match on especially second so Do they, is there a main main event like champion I, champion match I, tonight? I, I i don't know we've we've been um uh, i i've been uh preoccupied this past week with uh the absence of uh i had to play dad mom because mm-hmm. you said that <laughs> twice already uh, i know you want a cookie i would love a cookie right now but while you were gone uh the 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 week and before we we um, were holding a party for Warren, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of cookies that there, were left over. There were a lot of cookies. And if you and if you if you took a picture of the cookies that you left mm-hmm. prior to when you left 
uh, to London and uh, at a picture after you'll see that I had my fair share of cookies. Yes, you did. Which I am not very proud of, but there were cookies and they were laying around and they were right there. So um, the other thing about the opening match okay. <laughs> is that Chris Jericho says is that uh, the opening match, you will always have the crowd, uh, a guaranteed hot crowd, mm. a guaranteed psyched up, pumped up crowd because they're there. Yes, it's the, it's the start. It's the start. So you come out and you, you have a lot of momentum, like a good initial momentum to ride, which is what. Um, oh, wait a second. What? No. Ono and uh, Sullivan opened up. Oh, you are right. I so they had I didn't a, even remember that I match. I didn't even remember that match either. So Ono and Sullivan had their match. Oh, there's Kyrie Sane. She's my favorite. <laughs> you like they, her because she looks like a Final Fantasy character. And she's a pirate. Look, she's literally dressed like a pirate. And she's uh, got the best kind of like underdog like uh, gimmick going on right now. Mm. Um, in any case, the opener was Ono and Lars Sullivan, a forgettable match. So luckily they were the opener. So they had a bit of momentum to, you know, mm-hmm. help out with that. It was, yeah, as you said, yeah, kind of match. And so the second slot was Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. So mm. they had the job of outdoing the opener. In this case, it wasn't too hard to outdo. And not only that, but they knocked it out of the park. So this is third slot match. Which I can only think that my guess is that it's going to be women's match, and then it's going to be the 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 NXT singles t- men's singles title match, mm-hmm. and then the War Games. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. Okay. So in that case, it kind of makes sense. Right, because there's really nowhere else for them to go. Yeah. I don't believe the tag team titles are on the line. So. That's not what's going on in War Games. I. I, I, they'll, they'll correct me once we get there. We're in it for the long haul, folks. In any case, Warren, this is what your, your, your mom and I watch, and this is what we analyze. And it's really funny in the beginning when uh, Jess was uh, airing her grievances about Cassius Ono because there's a certain point in anything, Warren, that when you get very invested in it and you read a lot about it and you watch it enough, is the word jaded? Is the word, what is it? You become a pessimist. Cynical. You, cynical. cynical. You become a cynic. A realist. Right? Because you have seen it so many times and, and, and you've seen a bunch of this, uh, the fuck-ups that WWE can do. Or, But if, I think if you take anything, in this case we're talking about WWE professional wrestling, but if you, you learn enough about something, you, you tend to get disenchanted and disenfranchised with whatever it is. Yes. Over time, so unless something like really cool or new happens, so it's also really cool that like you know we both went ooh when we saw that DDT spot, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are you know shining glimmers of hope in a way, but you know if you know a lot about something, eventually you see it for what it is and what it isn't. And if you're like me, you tend to get a little cranky about it. <laughs> and you lose that sense of wonder or that sense of, you know, mystery that you had once had. I think knowing everything about everything, you tend to see the the flaws in it. And if you can't get past those, you become this is, this is how, how jaded you have become. And this is how invested you have been in the past 
why don't you give your prediction and your justification for who do you think will win the title and mm. and, and who do you think needs the title or doesn't need the title? Go on, go. So Kyrie Sane does mm-hmm. not need the title. So you don't think she'll win it? No. Okay. Uh, she doesn't need the title because she already won the Mae Young Classic and she's already so popular. Correct. And okay. she's and she's still fresh and she's yes. still new. They're not ready to push her on. I think if they gave it to her now, there'd be, be like a few places for her to go. Absolutely. It's all about the chase with when you have like an underdog, good good guy, good girl. I don't think face. I don't think Nikki Cross is going to get it. Why not? Really? Be- really? Because I think Sanity might get it. Well, if there's, I think this Sanity is Sanity, already the tag team, right? But I think. I think them being in that the War Games match, yeah, will be enough. I think. I don't think. I think she's gonna need it. I don't think she needs it right now. Okay. Oh, that's very true. Nikki Cross does not need it right now. No. Eventually, she should get it. But I don't think she needs it right now. I think others would, quote, need it more. And and we'll explain to people what need it means after this. Hmm. Okay. So I think Ember Moon needs it, but I don't think she's going to get it. (gasps) Go on. I think Peyton's going to get it because she shouldn't get it. Ah. And she's going to get it by a heel tactic. Uh Uh-huh. And then she's going to be like the joke, the joke, the joke women's champion kind of in a way. Right. What do you mean by a joke women's champion? Like it allows the heel to be the women's champion. Yes. Like, a, like a, but not like a, I'm a, a you know, a mean, angry, uh-huh. scary heel, but uh-huh. I'm like a, I'm like a, she's like the mean girls. Right. The, style heel. Correct. Uh, I think it'll be Peyton or Ember Moon. I think if Ember mm. Moon gets it, I'm bored, but I think she needs it, but I'm bored with Ember Moon. Yes. Agreed here too. And I don't think it's her fault. I mean, she's obviously physically amazing. Mm-hmm. I, she, I'm just bored. That's very true. She has not... Uh, I, is your complaint is that she has not shown be, beyond her... Obviously, she's got decent ring ring talent, and she's got a great finisher. Mm-hmm. But as far as like personality or storyline-wise, you don't... There's not much to relate to. Correct. I think she's been on the chase a really long time. A really long time. Like yes. at this point, you're like, just give it to her so she can stop trying to get it, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't seen much of an arc in her character. I haven't found her her storylines particularly interesting. Yep. So that's my complaint. So as far as, quote, needing it, I think a lot of people would think, oh, if you if you get the title, that means like you you are the best and you and you uh, quote deserve it as far. Oh, that's a nasty power bomb on the outside. Even mm. though there's pads there, folks, it's uh, I wouldn't want to take a power bomb on the outside. So needing the title, having any title, whether it be a a tag team, whether it be men's or women's singles, uh, titles, the, the reason for having it is to kind of, uh, there's two ways to think about it. Either the title makes the person or the person makes the title. In this case, the NXT women's championship is actually pretty damn prestigious Mm -hmm. because it's been held by, uh, quote, the best. That if you if you get that title, it means that um, uh, you have worked the hardest. That the audience is w- can totally get behind you as a believable champion, and even the organization uh, uh, gives a nod to you that yes, you are the best performer, you are the best entertainer, and uh, that usually equates to two uh, in, in a sense. Maybe not the best wrestler, but if you combine wrestler and entertainer and mm-hmm. all of that together. They, they say you're the person you're the person that we want to you know 
build these storylines around, et cetera, et cetera. See, that would be the reason why I think Peyton wouldn't get it. Yeah. Because I think that if they're going to go continue with that and say this title is mm-hmm. not to be messed with, essentially, mm-hmm. then I don't think they would give it to her because we know she's obviously the least yep. qualified from that aspect. But here, here's the difference in the women's division is is that in the women's division prior, you had an Asuka who was super dominant. Um, and, and the past champions included Bailey who won it from Sasha, who was a great heel champion as well, too. I believe Sasha won it from Charlotte? I don't know. I can't go back that far. But there's been few... And Becky never had it. Becky never had it either. Becky never needed it. That's true. She never needed it. So um, going back to what what Jess was uh, uh, pointing out, that... Pate, that that due to the fact that uh, the, the title is so prestigious, it's kind of like if Peyton gets it, she's not like a prestigious type of champion. Mm-hmm. She's not the one where it's like, oh my God, she got it because she's like a badass heel that kicks everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. She's actually kind of like a, uh, um, a, a the cowardly heel uh, character mm-hmm. or the one that you that like does little kind of like Ric Flair-esque like cheating tactics in order to get things as opposed to like a dominant heel like a like a like a monster or something like that that just beats everyone up and is like mean to them. Mm. So, as far as needing the title, who would need the title means that this person is actually decent. They've got uh, uh, you know decent wrestling. They've got decent promo. They got these. Oh my great Tower of Doom spot! Holy shit! So that was a German suplex combination suplex Tower of Doom. Mm. In any case, um, uh, the person who would need the title, let's say there's a 10 out of 10, if you have like uh, the combination of wrestling and, and promo and crowd connection, a a person that needs the title is someone at like a 7 out of 10 or a 6.5 right. out of 10. Like they just don't have everything yet. But if you gave them the title, it would it would suddenly like, ooh, this this person's like... Uh, 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 a big deal it could actually like give them a boost it could give them a reason to that final little push to become a 10 out of 10 yeah i don't know i'm kind of going back and forth on it which is obviously (laughs) the point right you don't know who's gonna win like i don't think giving it to ember moon will do anything Mm. for any of us but then again she is not the what is it she's 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 like a seven out of ten right i mean but 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 she's not a uh but she's not a uh, a heel that gets chased after because usually when you have a heel champion, they they it it it, it builds up like the chase for like a baby mm-hmm. like a like a face good guy, good girl to chase them and to, and the build up over over the course of like the next few weeks in order to uh, eventually take them down. See, I love story time yeah. story not story time. Well, I do love story time, but I love storyline analysis and and this is what this is what um um. I've grown to love about professional wrestling is that you can, you can almost see, almost predict where the trend is going to go. Mm. And then every once in a while, they just throw you a curveball. You're like, wow. And sometimes there are amazing curveballs where you're like, holy shit, I didn't expect them to do that. Other times like, yeah, I pretty much guessed it to the T. 
Right. And then other times it's like, oh, fuck, I can't believe they did that. Like, mm. oh, no, that's that's not going to work. And it's not going to work because this is why. And very few times have I ever, as far as like, this is how long I've been in it and so cynical about it. Very few times I've been like, oh, this is not going to work and this is why. And it, they've... They've never been able to make it work. Right. Very, maybe one or two times. Like, oh shit, they made it work. I don't know how they did it, but they made it work. Mm. So going on with this match, it looks like everyone has been getting their spots in. I think we've been ranting right. <laughs> for about 20 minutes now, which is, oh, there's the, that's her finisher. One, two. No, that was almost. That was close. Kyrie Sane, you're so little. I know. Like, <laughs> She's like scampering to try and break up. She the, is a lot tinier than everybody else. Yep. I think she's probably five foot nothing, too. Oh, wow. What is this? Alabama slam? That yeah. was not as much impact due to her five foot nothing frame. Is she going to go for... <gasps> she's going to go for insane elbow off oh. the top rope on two of them. Here we go. You call it, hon. Pirate princess elbow. <sighs> so pretty. It's always so darn pretty. Her elbow is different from a lot of other people's flying elbows because she lays out and gets at like one, two... Nope. Yeah, she goes kind of horizontal on and it. She gets yeah, she gets. And a, she gets a so much air. Yep. Let's so see. So, who again. do you think is gonna get it? <coughs> I think Ember Moon will get it. Yeah. She's. It, it's. I think it's the seven out of ten. I think she's been chasing it long enough. And here's the other thing mm -hmm. I'm predicting. As you said, people have gotten so bored of her that I think after she gets the title, she's no longer gonna be a good a good uh, good girl. She'll she'll do a heel turn. Do which you think makes she'll it, heel turn in this match? Maybe. How would she heel turn unless she like really screws with Kyrie saying because everyone else is a heel? Yeah. Either that or she just like through char character progression, she turns in, in into a heel, which makes it easier. Oh. A double uh, eclipse or a double stunner. <gasps> See? Uh, what did I... Did I call it or did I call did it? did call it. I mean, I called it too. I just wasn't happy about it. Well, no, no, no. You were split between Ember Moon and, and Ruby. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't decide. Because I wanted it to be ah. more interesting than I knew it was going to be. Well, she finally got it. Yay. Well, congrats to her. As you said, she's been chasing it for oh, a while. Oh, for long, sure. I mean, she's she's more than time. worthy of it. And it also makes logical sense because like she's she's had Asuka beat so many times. Not so many times. She had uh, No, actually she hit her with the Eclipse and Asuka still kicked out. So, um but yeah, she was like the only person she just couldn't beat was Asuka. And it does set up if she ever gets called up for her and Asuka on the main roster too. Beautiful. A double, a double, uh, her, the, the eclipse. She goes off the top rope and she actually does like, uh, the finisher of the stone cold stunner, but off the top rope, like a flying one. And she actually hits two people with it. Let's see. Look at this. Decent. Pretty decent. And oh, Nikki had to take the cover. And that's it. You got your new women's champion. And, uh, what'd you think overall in that match? I think there were some good spots there. I mean, it was a, it was a fine match. Oh, oh, oh. Asuka wants to hand off. Uh, speaking of Asuka, she wishes to hand off the title to Ember Moon. And the best thing Ember Moon can do right now is smash Asuka in the face with that title. Oh, and a now hug. They hug. And a hug. <laughs> people, people are listening like, what are you talking about? I why know. would you? Why are you so violent? <laughs> Well, I'm saying this is this is what you kind of have to do in order to 
keep some things going. Oh, that this is nice though. Yes, this is their way of adding a little more like uh, legitimacy uh, to legitimacy. it. She didn't really need the legitimacy though, and also being a uh, uh, official. Well, that's how NXT kind of does it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They like to have like at the end of like a, a tournament, like if someone wins the tournament, they have the quote officials like Regal come out. They'll have uh, Triple H sometimes come out with Stephanie, and they'll have the trophy, and they're in their business suits, and it really makes it feel like. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like a the the the, the UFC. So th- so th- they 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 give and take from each other. I think what uh, uh, WWE has done is incorporated a little more of the ESPN style, like thirty for thirty mm-hmm. or like the twenty four, kind of like that um, build up documentary style, um, and then a, a bit of the uh, legitimate slash like official announcements, press conferences. Right. right, right. Signings of yep. the contracts and things. Yep. And then what UFC rips off from WWE is all the all the promos and ways to like get the get their fighters to sell their fights better mm-hmm. as opposed to like, well, I'm not going to say much because I'm just going to let my actions speak in the ring. It's just like Right. No one has time for that. In any case, I believe then the next one will be um What's his face? Uh, Drew McIntyre, champion. <laughs> Versus, um, oh my God, who's he going against? Nobody He's going cares. against Andre, Andre uh, Cien Almas. No one cares. Which I actually am cheering for Cien Almas for. With his valet, who's actually been... His valet. Doing, well, that's what they call. They, well, they, they, they would say valet, but uh, she's actually progressed beyond that traditional role. No, I was saying the that the only thing that makes him is her. Oh, what's that? Like, as in the valet is the reason you would watch, because... Yes. Uh, uh, what's her name? Something Vega. I forgot her first name. Anyway, her, her, her name is Vega. And then she has been built up, like, revealing a little more, a little more, just like what she's capable of doing. What... Wasn't that that one time where, where like you said, oh my god, and she did like a head scissors and like threw the guy yeah, into the steps she d- or something? She did like a spot, like a beautiful. And one it kind of makes you wonder, like, is she like behind the scenes wrestling or is she? I don't know yet. Who knows, right? And there's the answer to our question, as you saw right there. They had the steel cage suspended above, uh, in in the arena. Three teams, two rings, <laughs> one cage. I think you should do that. Speaking of promos for UFC, you should do all the promos <laughs> with that voice too. Yeah. Who, are you, who are you trying to imitate there? I don't know. Regal, you, Regal you, without the accent? It was who, just ridiculous because they were like, these three teams. Who do you think, uh, uh, judging from uh, Warren's mannerisms and what he's into like mm. right now or what he's not into, who do you think would be his favorite wrestler or team? Or oh, well, What do you think? Right off the top of your head. Probably like a Kevin Owens. Really? Because he like doesn't want. Because he like doesn't want. He's like, get out of my. Like he wants nothing to do with anything. He's like, <laughs> oh, speaking. Oh my God. Hey, you Kevin. have psychic abilities. I Look do. at this. He's like, I don't want this egg. Meh. I don't want this puff. Meh. I don't want a bottle. Meh, meh, meh. I just want to be me, man. Look at this. Oh, Samoa Joe in the crowd as well too. You make Warren sound out as if he's going to be the, he's what is it, just the, just the He's mean, a little chubby. Just the mean, mean heel. <laughs> he's a, well, he's just a. Just pushes things around. Meh. Well, he's. he's well, you saw ch- him when he was grumpy when you wake him up from a nap. He's a little, <laughs> little chunky like Kevin Owens. He's the, he's a baby. They don't know how to suck in their guts. <laughs> you know this. Pushes things away. Next thing you know, he's going to turn on Hobbs. 
<laughs> he better not turn on Hobbs. How Hobbs outweighs him. He does. Okay, so as we were saying, uh, as as I said, that the next match does seem to be the the, the men's singles title. So this may what what time is it now? I think it's uh, only. Not, it may only run till ten. Good for NXT, keeping it nice and short and sweet. Yeah, it's it's nine oh eight. So I think you're right. So it, it's just two more matches. I was worried it was going to run three hours. Uh-huh. Imagine they make this match an hour and the next match an hour. <laughs> you would be dead. Yeah, yeah. Is there something that you need to do? No, no. What? Nothing. Everything's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I accidentally forgot we were podcasting. <laughs> oh, you actually did that? I did. <laughs> we'll keep this in. I totally checked my phone, got a text message, was thinking about replying, completely lost train of thought. You know, like when you're driving... And you are driving this. And driving and texting? <laughs> no. Oh, my don't, goodness. Don't drive and text. It's very bad. Save lives. Get there alive. Drive 25. Don't text. Buckle up. Don't te- don't text. Text bad. This is the part where Jess is actually tired and, just, and is getting a little loopy because she's had a long day. I have. Because not only did you get back from, uh, uh, from England and yes. then immediately you had to do what? Uh, last night, a couple of uh, my uh, our students tested for their black belt, so I had to drive down to the Rutgers area to um, go support them there. And then we had a couple hour seminar today, so I'm I'm running on fumes right now. And you're doing a wonderful job, though. I, I appreciate your your insight into all these matters, NXT and professional wrestling uh, related, and. I'm also semi running on. I'm actually not running on fumes. It was it was it was a tough day, but I'm hanging in there because um, I love our guests, and <laughs> oh. I, I I want to make sure that you guys uh, listening at home, whether you are, let's see, if this is out around uh, Thanksgiving, you're probably listening to this while the tur- is your is your turkey brining? Hmm? <laughs> is it basted? Be sure to. Uh, what are some turkey tips you would give them? To, uh, oh my god we can backseat turkey backseat cook them right yes. so I'll, I'll go i'll go first all right if you're gonna make your 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 sweet potato yams mm. which is a great dish by the way number one make sure that you get some uh cinnamon in there as well mm. all right you get some butter uh and make sure that uh if you put marshmallows on top you watch that thing because if you if you if you let it go and and you don't know how hot your oven goes, you're gonna melt all those those mushrooms into your mushrooms, marshmallows, and mushrooms. There's <laughs> mushrooms in your sweet potatoes. Anyways, the marshmallows. I'm also a little loopy too. Make sure that those marshmallows they turn nice and crisp and brown. And as soon as you see that, get it out of there, or else mm. they're gonna melt right into it. Okay. Anyway. That's brine the turkey. Brine the turkey. Brining turkeys. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. Where it's at. Do you need a brining bucket too? You do. So I personally go to Home Depot Mm. every year and buy one of the plastic orange. Go to Home Depot and say, Jess sent you. (laughs) Say, Dear War Podcast. Dear War Podcast. (laughs) Jess sent you. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the microphone falling off the table, folks. Yeah, sorry. Brine the turkey. Sorry for blowing your eardrums out. It's, it's, it's It's worth it. It's a good deal. Uh, and get a bucket from Home Depot to brine it so that you can keep it all contained. Um, and if you're lucky to have a, a second refrigerator, throw it down there for, I think, 24 hours. Okay. So 
that takes care of backseat uh, advice giving for people who are listening to the podcast while cooking. Uh, what else? They're probably listening while driving. So make sure uh, you don't do what Jess does. No. And text so and what drive. I was saying, what I meant to say was, <laughs> do you know when you drive, if you're driving on a long stretch of highway or you drive, uh, yeah, the, the, the thing fell off, right? Yep. The thing fell off. That's exactly, I need to get new. So the baby monitor is hooked up to the wall with Velcro. It was industrial Velcro, but it keeps falling off. So stop sidetrack. <laughs> when you drive and you, this is what you do on the podcast. You just keep, you roll with the punches, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you've been driving and you like, don't remember, like you, the last thing you remember while you're driving is like 10 minutes ago when you were like, 10 miles up from the highway and then you like come to and you realize you're 10 miles you have no recollection of the past 10 miles i guess that's what, I, what kind of happened to me on the podcast oh pay attention on the road folks so don't tune out when you're listening to no, the podcast either no <laughs> all right uh if you're working out um yes do that cardio get yeah. yourself into a caloric deficit no. so then you can pound as much no oh for thanksgiving yeah oh that's fine yeah. I thought you just do meant normally. Yeah, do just, extra cardio. Imagine just doing cardio. Like extra cardio, too. Oh. There's a special place in hell for extra cardio. <laughs> so, uh, we've got Drew McIntyre versus uh, 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 Cien Andres Almas. I think, I think that's Well, the... I kind of... I'm digging this new Drew McIntyre garb. It might be because he doesn't have a shirt on, but they're kind of well, trying to change never, him up a little bit. He never has a shirt on. Really? Well, I meant oh, sometimes for he comes entrance, out with a, with a vest. Entrance. Sometimes he comes out with a vest. Drew McIntyre is not going to be in NXT uh, that much longer, in in my opinion. You're going to call him up? Yeah, because uh, previously he was uh, already uh, he was in WWE back in like the mid 2000s, and he made it to uh, Intercontinental Champion, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a gatekeeper prior to uh, becoming World Champion. He just couldn't break that ceiling. Due to, uh, he just didn't have it. He didn't have the full capacity for connection with the crowd. He didn't have the full capacity with promos. So he wasn't uh, released due to, like, um, you know, bad performance or anything. It was just literally, like, there's really not not much left for you to to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Triple H uh, even said, like, you know, go out there, keep making a name for yourself, and 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 please come back when you're when you're ready. So he went out on the independence um, as Drew Galloway, I believe mm-hmm. that's his real name, and he killed it in the Indies, absolutely killed it, and uh, he found what you know was missing, and he came back, and instead of going jumping back into the main roster of that shithole of that main roster, he was like, all right, let me go through that, let me do this the right way. So he's going through the NXT process, mm-hmm. right? And and refining his character, and as you can see, connecting with the crowd, getting his ring work in, really showing that he had improved. So now he's back in, and this is his first title defense. He'll probably uh, get this title defense. Or it would be interesting if, if, if Almas gets it as well, too. Almas is no slouch as well. No. But do you really think that he has good promo skills and is doing a good connection with the crowd? Who? Drew? Yeah. No. So not really. And I don't think he's going to develop it that well in NXT. 
But I think they as, also gave him the title really quickly, yeah, if I remember. Re- really quickly. So it's it's going to be a matter of um, of I guess the, if they do call him up, it's just like we just need big guys, mm. like because he is huge, six five, six six. Yes, he's very large, and he's definitely the wrestling. He's he's prototype. your wrestling prototype. Yeah, yeah he, he's if you've made a video game and you gave it to a kid to like you know create a wrestler, they'll be like, I want this. Because, right. You know. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Him kneeling down. He's taller. He's almost as. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like what a foot taller than her yep he's a foot taller than andre cm albus also yep here's the cool thing though cn almost is no slouch he was also uh, amazing in new japan he was a mm. luchador though so he wore a mask so this, so he gets to perform here w- without a mask and he he can go he can really go and as we know too drew galloway uh, or Drew McIntyre in this case. He was on the independents. He also can go. So regardless of lack of promo skills or lack of personality, they're prob- that's what NXT does. They let a lot of the promos or lack of personality go due to the fact that these guys can just perform so well in, mm-hmm. in the ring, especially in, 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 in the live setting. What am I talking about live setting? They have to play in a live setting. And... it's uh cn almost is very athletic he's he has uh, a lot of uh airborne maneuvers as i said former luchador but he's playing the heel now so usually what happens when you play the heel you're not allowed well not allowed you're discouraged from doing a lot of like flashy moves because flashy moves uh, uh equate positive like uh uh, reaction from the audience and mm-hmm. that's not your job because if you're a guy who's using all these fancy moves that not even the good guy is using what is there for the crowd to like cheer off of mm-hmm. you know so that's why you're gonna see all must be a little more grounded he's gonna use more heel tactics like hair pulling he's gonna try to like you use like the ring to what um, was that do you think he need him in, into the belly as he tried I, to like leapfrog? I have no idea. From from that angle, it it, it looked like that nothing. camera ang- that camera angle didn't look good. But I guess the crowd went oh, so it must have looked good from from Somewhere. their angle. Yep. Yeah, so that's an example of the heel tactic where he, he throws him into the ropes and he just kind of lounges out on the ropes and it's just like <laughs> see. So that's supposed to be like, oh, the crowd goes, boo, you know, because he's lounging out on the ropes. And then when McIntyre kicks him in the face, it's supposed to be the payoff of like, yeah, give that, you know, slimy heel, you know, his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, uh, and the other heel thing that has worked in the past, too, is that you have where, where the manager. Oh, she's doing it. She's doing it. No. Oh, no. She, ooh. So Vega went for the head scissors on, on McIntyre, and it looked like she was about to uh, flip him into the stairs, but he's just too big and, ca- and like basically froze her in midair. Well, she's like a fifth of his size. Yep. So it was a really interesting spot, a spot as well, too. And that actually adds to the heel's heat. Heat meaning all the booze, all the, the buildup of like uh, the, the negative emotion from the crowd of like, oh, I want to see the... The, the, the heel, the bad guy, uh, get his butt kicked even more now. And the way you can do that is, as I said, through those heel tactics like hair pulling or eye poking. And another thing 
that uh, is an added dimension is the fact that uh, uh, Vega is the the manager because it's kind of like oh why are you, you you're you're hiding behind a woman or something like that it, it's it's seen as like a, a, a cowardly move because then <laughs> what what has happened in the past what has happened in the past and that's why I said it, it, it's like it's like a past move. It's been modernized now because, as you can see now, Vega takes a more active approach. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, the, the the heel would do something like a cheat tactic, like oh, I'm gonna thumb you into the eye, and obviously it's not that effective on 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 like uh, the good guy. And then the heel would run out of the ring. Mm -hmm. The the bad guy would chase him, and they would run around the ring. And then all of a sudden, the bag the heel would grab his uh, the the female manager and then put her in front of him mm -hmm. like a sh like a human shield. And she would be like, no, no, don't. And then the crowd would boo. Right. Because he's using her as like a shield. And it's kind of like, oh, come on. Probably like Rusev and Lana did quite yes. a bit, right? I don't think, no, 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 Rusev. No, Rusev was a different heel. Rusev was a uh, a monster heel. Where in that case, he doesn't use cowardly tactics. He's actually like a monster mm -hmm. and can def and fend for himself easily. In fact, that's one, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the best modernized um duos that they had in wwe on the main roster that they fucked up mm. because lana if you ever watched rocky four uh lana was actually the 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 brains and the and the driving force behind that duo in the beginning mm -hmm. she would she would come out be strong confident announce him and uh he would always look outside to her for her to command him to uh, do his finisher and she would she would always nod and go and give like a thumbs up motion or something and say crush mm -hmm. and then and then and then rusev would go rusev crush and then finish oh, off okay. his opponent I don't know that I knew that. and that was and that went on for a while and everyone really dug that dynamic and of course wwe had to fuck it up because they had to feed um they had to let uh, uh rusev finally lose his undefeated streak to john cena mm. everyone saw that coming because it, it's it's an old uh, cheap tactic that makes everyone's eyes roll of like build up the heel, build up the monster heel. Look, he's undefeated. He's beating all the other good guys. Build him up, build him up. Oh, is anyone going to possibly beat him? And then send in Superman, in this case, Cena, to beat him. And then, boop, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then after that happened, uh, uh, it was like, oh, well, you're just not as good as Cena. So then what happened was, as you saw, they, they, they tried to make Lana be more of a girly girl mm -hmm. they tried to get rid of her accent they dressed her up in like normal like western clothes as opposed to being oh the the russian you know mm -hmm. uh, uh uh advocate for rusev it was really you know it was it was it was just another thing that like wwe took like uh, a step forward with it and then fell like two or three steps back mm -hmm. as usual so what we're seeing here as i said a more modernized version with vega is where, as opposed to um, um, Cien Almas using her as a human shield, she actively tried to uh, hurt um, uh, Drew McIntyre. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, no, she's fending for, she's trying to cheat on his behalf as opposed to him like just using her. Oh. Right. Probably even some cases to his. Like he doesn't even want her involvement and she's there. Oh, that could be a, that's an interesting take. That could be a storyline. So, Ooh, inverted. Oh, I love you, Mauro Ronaldo. As we said, Mauro Ronaldo, a former, 
uh, Pride announcer and a lot of like other non-UFC uh, commentating. And he was also the commenter on the on the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight. Yes, he's on the commentary team. He was the main announcer for that. Oh, he's going for his move. Well, he's a little too tall for that. Hammerlock DDT. Doesn't get it. I'm, I'm just amazed by, like, that they were... Oh, he went for the reverse Rana. It's not going to... Oh, he's going to totally flip him over. Watch this. Smack on the face. Watch this. Yep. Oh. <laughs> sling. It's like a slingshot, right? Yep. It's, I think, I think he called it a, a reverse Alabama slam. The, the Alabama slam is usually instead of face first, like they slam them on the back of their head. Hmm. So. So what do you think of this match so far, hon? It's all right. You think you'd have a little more story behind it? Yep. You also weren't, uh, uh, as you said, not, not, not the biggest fan of Drew in the beginning. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, they they also keep botching. <laughs> I don't think that was a botch. That was that was kind of a botch. That wasn't a botch. Yeah, a I think bit. you're too cynical. Okay, I you're getting a, too cynical. I have of a it. high. Uh, oh oh. Uh oh. Oh, uh-oh. into her. He's gonna use her. Oh, what happened? What happened? Oh, okay. No, he head scissored him into the post. I thought he got dropped on the back of his head. Oh, what is this? Look at this to the outside. Wow, beautiful move. There's that luchador um, High background. flying. Yep. Which, he, which you have to kind of like, he has to keep to a minimum. Because like I said, if you do too many of those, it's, it's kind of like you, you're, you're not playing the heel correctly. Right. I think there's going to be something else with Vega. I don't know what it is, though. She, she's definitely going to be a factor. Right, either she's going to cost him it, or she's going to give it to, I don't know, there's something there. Give your best prediction. Go ahead. What do you think, what do you think may happen? I don't know. Oh, oh, went for the superplex and and dropped them pretty much junk first. Oh, the tree of woe. See that? Like, I love being able to call the move before Ronaldo calls it. <laughs> I pride myself on that. And, and after I do that, I'm going to push my glasses up, as we always yeah, do. Yeah. That's not his finisher. He's not going to get it. That's his signature, though. That's usually his setup for the, the running knees into the corner. So, yeah, that, the, the, <laughs> the past 10 minutes of just me going into a deep analysis of, of the role of... Uh, uh, female valets. That's the term that they used back back in the day. What what would you call it now? I would probably just say manager or manager. Ma- mouthpiece or manager. So I mean, the former... a valet would indicate that they only escort them to the ring and do nothing else. I think. Uh huh. But obviously, they do more things than that. So I think manager, well, yeah, fine, now. or talker. Um, Definitely a, a advocate. How about an advocate? Yep. For... Oh. That's a close one. Um, but yeah, the, the, just the fact that I went into a 10-minute like deep analysis of the role of the female advocate mm-hmm. for the, 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 the men's wrestler just kind of shows you the, uh, as we were talking about in the beginning, of just being a little cynical or really reading into things. But, you know, 
that's what uh, so, some people uh, will get really deep into boxing. Some people get really deep into mixed martial arts um, or jiu-jitsu. We just happen to get deep into professional wrestling. <laughs> oh. Oh, nice quick roll up. So they, it looks like they're picking. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought he was using his finisher on him. In any case, the uh, it looks like they're there. It, it, it's and here's again, this the, the cynical part of us. It feels I, I think it's at the 20 minute mark of the match. Now, usually at the 20 minute mark, this is where they either pick up the pace and they try to wrap up or it's like. Yeah, I'm bored. A series of, of um, bored. I'm bored. Well, with this match. Well, why don't you go into something else then, please? <laughs> As you are running on fumes. Oh my goodness! He's gonna go for white noise off the top. White noise is a, is is a type of like Samoan drop, but instead of it on the shoulders, he actually tucks it into the hip. Uh oh. What's he doing here? Is he going to go for his running knees again? Into the back of the head? Yeah. Is he going to do it again? He's going to do it. One, two. Nope. It's getting close, though. Mm-hmm. They're doing it well where they're, they're giving it legitimacy of like, mm, you know, if he keeps landing these moves, eventually McIntyre's not going to be able to kick out. As opposed to uh, like a finisher fest. Finisher fests being where they like throw a finishing move versus a finishing move and another finishing move. Is this trying to wear them down? Yeah, this is a lot of like uh, individual like signature moves. Oh, there Uh, it is. There's there's the roll. There's the roll. Is that it? Is that it? Did you do it? Vega interfered. Yep. And she did what the one, one. two. Yeah. No. She tried. She tried. Oh, that's it. He's done. That's it. Yep. The heel is done. She's so tiny, too. It was, oh, pretty, that was, it was beautiful. really pretty. She did, a, a, a again, a head scissors takedown to a kneeling Drew McIntyre and spiked his head into the into the mat, which set up, uh, um, stunned him long enough for Amas to do his finisher. Oh, he's going to try again. I think he's going to try again, and he's going to get blasted by the Claymore kick. Oh, that's wow. a pretty sell. Nope. He's going to get his foot on the rope. Nice. He, did, think- he didn't get his foot on the rope. Vega pulled the foot on the rope. But they both did it together because it looked like yep. she was going to miss it. Yep. Yep. And the crowd is going C. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of going yes, yes, yes. They're yeah. going C, 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 C. C. Which, is, which is, again, it's kind of a... It's like... He's the heel, so it's a little bit of a knock against, like, Drew. The fact that he's supposed to be the good guy, yet the crowd is starting to get a little split. Right, well, because McIntyre wasn't promoted as anything. He wasn't, there was no no story, there was nothing, you know? Yep. There was no reason to want him to be the champion. That is very true. He he got it extremely quick. So you're you're getting to a very good uh, part here where... Um, um, there is such thing as timing to when to become a champion and everything mm-hmm. as well, too. It's kind of like when you watch uh, like uh, episodic TV, like let's say a season is uh, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if they give away a huge reveal in like, uh-oh, 
Oh, stay together, feed. Come on, <laughs> WWE. Okay, good. Oh! Ooh. Is that it? Oh! Hmm. He got it! He got the title. Oh, wow. I was not expecting I that. I was... Oh, okay. Let me finish my point. Oh, in a little bit of shock here. So, Andre Cianalmas, the um, heel. Oh, the, 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 the timing. Mm. The timing of things. It, it's like if you give away a huge reveal uh, in the third episode of like a 10-episode um, uh, season. Mm-hmm. And you got... N- and... and and it, it's 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 like a reveal that you're not ready for, like you like uh, this person is supposed to be the good guy, mm-hmm. and suddenly the this you only learn about the good guys like one two, and all of a sudden the good guy destroys like the 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 protagonist or the evil boss in the third episode, and you're just kind of like okay, and then they're like they push it as if like oh you're supposed to really like this person because they finished off the boss. It's kind of like, yeah, but it's like, it happened in the third episode. So why should I, Yeah, why watch the rest? Why watch the rest or why be invested in that character? So Mm -hmm. Drew came in and as you said, he got the title relatively quick. His first shot against, uh, at the time, Bobby Roode and he wins. And I can't even name anything. Like I have nothing about backstory. I have no like, this is why, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it's, you know. It's 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 a bit of a knock on a little bit of the writing there, so that's why the crowd was actually kind of split at the end. You heard them like ch- chanting C C C, and that's why the cra- a lot of the crowd is actually cheering that the heel in this in this case Cian Almas won, even though there was cheating, even though the advocate. I uh, also think everyone likes Vega too. Yeah, I mean that does not hurt at all, and that shows. Like, again, that if you have a heel team, in this case, Vega and Cien Almas, and they're using cheat tactics, and the crowd is not booing it, it kind of tells you a little something about uh, um, the person carrying the title or the face. So it was probably a good time to take the title off of him. Mm. Look, the crowd is going nuts for him. And that's the cool thing about the NXT crowd versus... He just dropped the belt. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> this is awesome. for I'm, I'm actually really happy for Cian Almas because he actually came in. I don't know if you remember this. Remember, as he a, came in as, as a, a face. face. Yeah. He came in as a good guy. And he had the great moveset, but he was just lost in a sea of he great also has, talent. He doesn't speak English very well. And, and he... He just didn't have anything like. Well, yeah, no, they defining. couldn't. They couldn't put him any promos. Yeah, because they didn't really. And so speak they English. just. And so they started booing him, and eventually they turned him heel. Okay, cool. They let him work on his heel persona a bit. They let him work on his heel uh, move set and his mannerisms. And he, uh, for a little while, he was like a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, there's. I don't know if there's anything else like, like. I was ready for like, yeah, they're probably either going to like put him onto like the cruiserweights or they're probably going to let him go. And then he got this shot of adrenaline with uh, Vega. Mm-hmm. And she has, obviously, they, they, and you can hear from, from the reaction from the crowd that, they, that, that, that they're loving this. Definitely. Listen to that crowd. You can hear the cheering. 
Man, this is... I think it's been so far <laughs> sans the Ono match. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite. My favorite. Uh, I think sans that. It's been a very solid card. There's been a lot of solid wrestling so oh, far. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't think it had as much like emotional peaks as uh, previous uh, takeovers with, uh, what is it, DIY versus mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's the, the Revival. Uh, those were some amazing matches. And I don't think we'll ever really get to that golden age of what we, we had seen. But um, back to my point about the NXT crowd, NXT is developmental. But even though it's developmental, it was put into it on purpose by Triple H because he knows, he he knew that there is a, a, a more like hardcore uh, uh, fan base that follows like the independents that follow like uh, uh, other um, organizations such as New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted to tap into that crowd. And that's why he, well, like when we got tickets for NXT, it was a lot, I, I'm pretty sure it was a lot cheaper than it was for like a, a WWE main event or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then they, they sold out Barclays Center for that first takeover. And they keep pumping in, as you can see, they keep pumping in, like, the hottest stars from the independents coming in, while at the same time letting them work with certain WWE developmental. So, here, as you saw, you got someone from uh, the Tough Enough season, from straight WWE developmental. No, maybe not straight. He worked on some independents, but wasn't really that big. Patrick Clark, who changed into Velveteen Dream, mm-hmm. and he's going against... Uh, Alistair Black, he was formerly Tommy End, and he was on a bunch, and he was upper mid car, pretty good, pretty decent on the independence as well, too. So you got like that following for him that want to see him succeed. And then you see, uh, you know what I mean? As you get the best of both worlds getting to mesh together. And that type of crowd appreciates everything that we were talking about here like a good cohesive storyline, a good build up, great in ring action. They also spend a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think probably part of it too is, yes, I think all of the things that you said, sure, holistically make sense. But from a business perspective, there was a gap here and they needed to fill it. This is the one of the best ways to get people on the network. Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, are, Tuesday Night SmackDown are not on the network. So what do you have to sell to get people in for the, what, $9.99 a month forever and ever, right? It is old content plus new content. NXT is a key part of their new content, just kind of like Cruiserweight, just kind of like 205 Live. Uh, well, 205 and Cruiserweight being the same thing, essentially, is that you need to create a new fan base mm-hmm. for new superstars. So you're basically saying, okay, there's a whole contingent of people who don't like main roster shows, us, ourselves included. <laughs> so the only other option was for us then to either watch that or not watch anything at all. Yep. So they knew going into developing this and televising this and bringing it part of the network, they're capturing both ends of the fan spectrum. The hardcore, quote-unquote hardcore, more uh, close to the wrestling aspect of wrestling is what NXT and 205 Live are. And then I want to just hear stupid storylines and see John Cena, you know, or not see John Cena because you can't see him. You have those people too, (laughs) right? So 
There's also... Oh, an inside wrestling joke. You pulled it off perfectly. Uh, so what I also think, too, is that the different types of, you know, income, income meaning for, for WWE, right? So if you have a kid who wants to see a WWE show and wants the John Cena t-shirt, that's great. You might get him for, what, a couple hundred bucks for a ticket, you know, two or three tickets. You know, you might get another hundred bucks on some, you know, concessions, some merch. And maybe that's a once a year, once every two or three year thing. It doesn't cost them any money to watch Monday Night Raw. They can even, you know, TiVo it. Or TV, that's dating me. But, you know, whatever it is, they can record it now and watch it whenever they want. You're going to get them once or twice, but you're not going to get them every single month. The NXT crowd, you have no choice but to get them every single month. So then you have live events. You have the $9.99 a month for the network. You have the <coughs> NXT uh, merchandise as well. They would never have developed NXT if they thought it was going to take away from their monetary value of main roster mm. shows. They would never have developed it thinking it was going to cannibalize each other. They knew they were taking a different market for each one and then basically bleeding the most out of them as they possibly can. So I think that's sort of where NXT fits. So as much as we would like to think, oh, Triple H did it because he wanted to provide. Yes. Were they doing this in the background already? Sure. But they did, and we've seen it over the years. They had to up the production value of NXT to meet the demand of the people who are now paying to watch it. And not, and not only that, uh, but also to he he. It, it, as I said, it wasn't to kind of uh, provide for them. It was to tap into that. that oh, was correct. Like, they were that there. Was, that was a, that was a demographic that they just could not grab. And now, boom! Now they have it. And uh, you just uh, helped me think of this thought too, as far as the. Uh, not cannibalizing their product or not having this one overshadow, they use them in tandem. Because mm -hmm. now what do you have? You have these, especially for the big four, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, uh, 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 WrestleMania, and SummerSlam. They do the, the package on these weekends. Because this takeover is on Saturday, mm -hmm. right? And tomorrow is one of the other big four, is one of the big four, Survivor Series. Correct. So, and, and then, and I've noticed that they actually sell a package now where they call it, uh, uh, you get to attend, uh, the takeover on the Saturday, mm -hmm. one of the big four on the Sunday mm -hmm. and the Monday night raw on the, on, on the, on the, on the following day. Yep. So it's, this is kind of like a, for the heart, it's like a feeder to like make a whole weekend out of it. Right. So. And never mind if people are traveling and like local oh, tourism they, economy yeah, and things they do, like they that. They do a travel package. I, I remember reading online of like, uh, I think the travel package for one person, it's guesstimated around five to, no, $8,000. What? $8,000 for, for air, travel, hotel. And this gets you, I may be wrong about the, the lodging or, or the hotel. But I this, mean, if it was like front row of every single yes, show, yes, then yes, I get the thousands. Yes, okay. Yes. So it's and probably like it's, special it's the, it's signing and stuff. The uh, full VIP access to whatever that WrestleMania access weekend mm -hmm. where you get to like uh, jump right to the front of the line. Oh, to, for WrestleMania? 8,000? Yeah, yep, for sure. To, 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 you know, for the, for the signings and the autographs, right? You get front row seats to the takeover. You get front row seats to WrestleMania, and then you get front row seats to the Monday Night the, Wow, the, the Monday Night Raw. So they figured it They're out. Not, they know of how to really tap it. Oh, there he is. Speaking of Gold Dust, also known as Dustin Rhodes. So we're about to go into war games. So I, I, I think they, as they were talking about it, I, I do remember now the rules of how this works. So what are the rules? Uh, they're going to start out with two random people. Two? 
two. Okay. And then, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Oh. Oh, you know it's bad when they have to basically make the whole screen of rules. Okay, so it's going to start out with two people in the ring from opposing teams, right? Every three minutes, another person enters the ring. That's basically what's going to happen. Uh, okay. I, I think. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, we'll see it's how it goes. It's been quite a long time since they've done it. Never mind the rest of us watching it. So screw the rules. Basically, it's... it's say it again. Two rings. Go ahead. Three teams, two rings, one cage. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so, um, and I, I don't know how they win. I don't know if you have to eliminate the whole team. I think they said a, a pinfall or submission, but you can't leave the cage or else you forfeit for your team. What? Okay. All right. It was on the this, list of like you, six you know rules. What this sounds, you know what this sounds like? What? It sounds like it's going to be a wonderful clusterfuck. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm just looking for the spectacle. I mean, where else can you go? You name me another sporting event where you have two rings, three teams. One kid. <laughs> I can't do it as good as you. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know. Rings. Where else are there rings? What other sport are there rings in? Uh, boxing rings. Yeah. So imagine having two boxing rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And every minute, like, another boxer comes in and just starts punching the... the <laughs> kind of reminds me of, uh, if you remember back in the day, uh, at our old school for jujitsu. Oh, we gang used to wars. have what we used to call gang wars, where basically it was you divide the the room into shirts and and no shirts, and you just go to submission, and it's just a cluster. And 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 the way this was uh, determined was that a lot of people had rash guards underneath their geese, so it was geese versus no geese, right? Yeah. And uh, no, it was it was yeah, it was geese versus no geese. We didn't do it shirtless. And then it would be like uh, 10 on 10 or something like that if it was like a good night. Yep. And then what would happen is like you just go and like you could have like three people on you trying to tap you out. What was your strategy for that? I had a very... Footlocks. I had a very... I was cheap. You were cheap. I was very cheap. I had a very distinct strategy. It was... What was yours? Hide behind all the big guys. Oh. And then then jump on people and get the necks and choke them out. Uh. Good strategies that worked for us was, uh, um, that's the thing. Mm. I, I, I think I never won a gang wars, like, until, like, and I would say it over and over. I'm like, oh, no, don't be on my team. I've never won a, a gang war. And uh, the late, great Mike Merkulik was even like, what? You never won one? And it got to the point where, like, there was, like, four or five. And, like, and he's like, yeah, you never won one. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally there was one where I was on the team that won. And, uh, and I came up to me, like, raised my hand or hugged me. Like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> you finally won one. And you're like, thanks. Thanks, Mike. But Were we ever on the same team when we won or no? Yeah. I remember you had a phase uh, where um, outside of jiu-jitsu where if, like, something was, like, bad or something was disappointing you would go womp womp like right <laughs> yeah and then 
we were we were choosing teams and and we were still uh like white belts at the time or even blue belts i forgot just low rank Mm -hmm. and i remember that they were choosing and like we were and and due to the fact that we were white belts we were like the last ones chosen so then like I was like the last one chosen. You were chosen. one of the last like, ones chosen. Like it was chosen. like dodgeball in like the yep. third grade. And then after you were chosen, you walked over like like the person who chose you like just chose you out of like, you know, as you said, it was like one of the remaining choices. As you walked over, you went, womp, womp. <laughs> and, and I went, hon, you said that loud. <laughs> I had the self-awareness to know that I was not going to contribute very much to that team. Oh, that's a... That's a very smarky crowd. Mm. So, um, a little bit about the teams. Um, we have Sanity, which is Eric Young, uh, something Wolf, and da- yep. Damien, Damon, Damon, I, I forgot his name, Killian Dane. There we go. Mm. Then you have Team Undisputed. Horrible team name, I might add. Yeah. Anyway, they are all former like uh, Ring of Honor guys. And uh, the biggest one, biggest name out of one was Adam Cole. I'd never watched a lot of recent Ring of Honor to really understand what he did. But apparently he likes to go, Adam Cole, baby. Mm. And the whole crowd loves that, too. And then you have the, uh, so it, it's, it's Adam Cole. You have Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Those were all like uh, uh, Ring of Honor guys. Uh, I forgot which one. I think it's Kyle, o- Kylie, Kyle O'Reilly, who's a very mixed martial arts, like jujitsu, like good grappling. Like he's very good at mixing together all the, uh, <laughs> is, is that, yeah. is that Roderick? Yeah. Anyway. You could tell he's half Bobby the size Fish, of the I other I think he's two. just more of a brawler. And then now you have, uh, Authors of Pain and they, and they have been monsters, like a monster tag team. Usually heels, former uh, champions as well too for a while. Uh, Razar, Akum, and then the weirdest addition for whatever <laughs> reason is Roderick Strong. <laughs> wait, wait, did they all have helmets on too? Yeah. Okay, I thought like uh, 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 he, he looks like a little kid like playing dress up in his daddy's <laughs> army closet. Look how small he. <laughs> so, Akum and Razar are huge. You're talking like what? Ginormous, six, six Samoan foot two, looking, like you know. bulky, like bulky, huge, like just like uh, like thick, boun- thick yeah. bouncer builds, like line, like NFL linemen. And Roderick Strong, I mean, he's in shape as well too, but he's so little. He's like a lean, like CrossFitty type looking guy, not like a. And for what does he have a tank? He's going to wear a tank top. Oh yeah, he has to wear the tank top because that's uh, that's uh, 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 authors of pain get up. This will be interesting. So you have, I see what it is. So it's a member of each team. They're all in one ring right now. All right. Huh. I guess we will see how, how it progresses. And uh, uh, every, everyone should give props to Jess. She's still running on fumes. I'm going. I'm here. And, she's, and I think what you might hear, if you hear a smack, um, that's <laughs> Jess's head smacking off the table <laughs> as she passes out and falls off the chair. Mm-hmm. So... Hopefully the all right here we go. Oh look at you, Mr. Tan. Look how tan that ref is in his face. Look at the back of his head. How white yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they provide a nice timer to let us know when the next uh, members are gonna come in. And the fun thing about this match is that 
not only do you have two rings, you have there is a steel cage around the outside of the ring. Now, the funny part was in previous war games, this that ring, uh, 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 I'm sorry, the cage in the ring. You notice how this cage does not have a top on it. Yeah. You see where 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 there would have been a top. Uh huh. In the old days, there was a top. Look how low that top was. So you couldn't really do anything, right, off the top rope. You could. But it, but back then, back in like uh, WCW days, especially in the '80s, there weren't luchadors, there weren't high flyers. A lot mm. of them were like, you know, um, um, grumpy old men with beer belly looking types. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the, right. Not, not the uh, as you said, like the Roderick Strong, like CrossFit athletic looking types who can do the high flying moves. So a lot of them were like brawler based. Mm. And if they did do like top rope moves, they would like, they, you'd see them get on the top rope and like kind of like feel themselves on the cage and not like jump and get the height. They're kind of like fall off the top <laughs> and like, you know, do their elbow or right, do right. their. And I remember one spot, <clears throat> there's this guy named uh, Sid Vicious. The guy was like 6'6, six, 6'8 six, six, or something. His finishing move was a power bomb. Mm. And so, you know, the power bomb, you got to lift them up like over your head and then slam them. So I remember he he lifted him up and the guy like banged his head on the top <laughs> of the cage and it totally fucked up the move. I got to find the clip on YouTube somewhere. Oh, so not having a uh... not having a top is a very, very good. Oh, OK, so they can't get out of the cage. Your team is eliminated. You have to stay in the cage, even though there's a top for you to like climb out of. No, no, uh, um, lack of a top for you to climb out of. <laughs> what is this? So why are you still standing on the thing? He's going to... Oh! Oh, 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 <laughs> So they were standing on the ropes, and uh, Adam Cole, like, you know... Uh, slams into their legs so they do that move where they straddle the rope and you're like oh you know the crotch hits the rope and then they're supposed to kind of like ooh, they're supposed to kind of like gracefully fall back into the ring <laughs> and erica was just stuck <laughs> he was like bouncing and bouncing you could tell like he's like i'll go this way no wait yeah no he, he, he was he was like gonna fall to the outside as opposed to back into the ring so he had to like bounce bounce and then like <laughs> That's why I was going, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and finally, when he fell back in, it was like, oh, geez. So that's a, that's not really a botch. Yeah, it's a, it's botch. It's a botch. It's a, okay. a funny one, though. So look at this. They're actually, uh, Roderick Strong got thrown into the other ring. Mm. So five minutes should be coming to a close soon. Where's that timer? I don't know why they took it down. The whole point of having it is to have it <laughs> be up, you know? Someone is uh, not doing their job in the production truck. What you what, what this does, um, though, is in... Just like with any, like, quote, gimmick match, like a ladder match or, um, or anything where they make modifications to... Uh, uh, something beyond just the regular ring in like a steel cage or a hell in a cell is that um, with war games due to the fact that there's two uh, rings like right uh, jammed up against the uh, one another 
they do actually take advantage of that and they make some creative spots. I think I've seen Rey Mysterio um, back when he was in WCW, like do kind of like a move where he like jumped on one rope, jumped on another rope, jumped off another rope, like you know, like a oh, like a like okay. a triple bounce, mm-hmm. and and into like the next ring. It was actually really cool. That sounds really cool. So we may, hopefully, we we see uh, innovative spots. Yeah, I mean, there's very few people who could do them, but yep. Well. Uh, 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 if you're thinking of like you know the 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 tight rope balancing, yeah, there's few that can do that. But when you let's just say that uh, uh, what is it? Authors of Pain. Remember their finishing moves, the Super Collider, right? Where they yeah. where they pick them up and they kind of like uh, into power bomb position. And instead of slamming them right away, they like knock them into one of each other. They could probably uh, one guy in one ring, one guy in the other ring, and then kind of like bash them uh, like. Between the two rings. All right, here we go. So do both of them let get out? It looks like it. Uh-oh. Yep, it looks like the rest of... Uh, Undisputed, right? Yeah, Team Undisputed, which is... Did you see that uh, double-A takedown? Uh-huh. See that? Kyle O'Reilly using open-hand shots as well, too. So, the undisputed is that Ring of Honor team. <clears throat> Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole, they're all in now. So, there's three minutes, right? So, the next team? Yep. I mean, not having the clock here is really annoying. And uh, I, I, agree with, I agree with you. Because what's the point of having, like, the timing if you're not going to show the clock? Yep. The only thing I can think of right now is that uh, the, the person working... That clock is like, uh, I don't know, browsing Facebook right now or checking I, I, text I, I just, messages. I just dated myself, right? Oh, yeah, they're real, you know, doing a Snapchat, doing hey, an Instagram those are still story. Things, but they won't be in like five years. <clears throat> there you go. There's your timer. See? Oh, must be nice. Hello, timer. Nice of you to join us. The timer always works well with the Royal Rumble. I always love that. I do Five, too. four, three, two, one, and then you get to see what the next entrance uh, is. Well, you should explain to people what that match is about. The Royal Rumble, uh, real quickly, is two people start out in the middle of the ring. There's 30 participants. They start out with two. Every two minutes, another participant comes in. And uh, the object of the Royal Rumble is to stay in the ring. If you get tossed over the top rope and your two feet touch the outside, you are eliminated from the Royal Rumble match. Mm. And the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a uh, main event spot at WrestleMania to go against whoever the champion is at the time. I think they get to choose, too, because they got two champions. They got the the Universal Champion, and they got the oh, WWE Champion. So That'll be interesting. <laughs> Usually, they get to choose. So, what's, so, you said tomorrow's Survivor Series? Yes. And then what's the next big four? Royal Rumble? Yes. And that's usually, what, in February? January. January, okay. So, we're seeing a little bit of a... What is this? A little bit of domination from the Team Undisputed right now, throwing their opponents into the steel uh, cage. Mm. It looks more so like the kind of like a give wire mesh cage, not like the one with like a steel bar, like a, like like prison cell bars. Mm. So, 
I mean, right now it's it's still building. I I, I guess they're 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 keeping the pace low because waiting till the other teams come in. Waiting till the other teams come in until we start seeing. The, yeah, this was kind of like a innovation. whole waste of uh, three minutes there. Yep. I mean, undisputed did nothing. I th- I think the point of it was to kind of just show that, like, oh, look, the numbers uh, are overwhelming. And they just messed up the light on that one. What do you mean they messed up the light? I didn't see. Like, it was all awkward. Like, uh, they lit up the wrong one. Oh, are they locking the door? Look at this. <laughs> Ooh! I'm surprised Undisputed had the advantage and they didn't make it seem like anything. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I'm, I'm, I'm just not talking because I, I enjoy watching. Uh, Authors of Pain have always been a good, like, monster heel team. Monsters being that um, they always use, like, oh, 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 oh. They always use, like, really uh, big guy, high, oh, my God, high-impact moves like that, where he basically just chucked them from one ring out into the other. And big, like, power slams, big high-impact moves. And, oh, ooh, that looked awkward. A little bit. I hope he didn't bust his tailbone too hard. There's no oh, rest. Is he, is he going to use him as a dart? You use him as a dart. Wow. Crowd's loving that. So, um, yeah, I do agree with you that uh, that they kind of wasted that three minutes. But now, as you can hear the crowd, they're getting into it now. Because mm-hmm. now they're starting to use the visual of the two rings. Right. With that, With one offensive move here, another one. And then using their own partner as like a cannonball projectile to toss them into the other opponents. Yeah. So hopefully we will see, um, once that last team comes in, we see the... They introduced the idea of, of, of like some of the moves you can do with the two rings. Right. Now I think when the last team comes in, we're going to see hopefully see a, move, uh, a spot where we'll be like, ooh. So, what is this? Double Samoan drop? Yep. Ooh. ooh. They basically hung up two team members in the Tree of Woe in opposing corners and then had them in fireman carries positions and then just basically slammed them into the people prone in the corners. I think this is the type of match that uh, that if Warren was watching it, he would have his action figure dolls and be tossing them all over the place you at this point. You think so? Are we going to get him action figure dolls? Sure. We got to find some cheap ones. Action figures are expensive, yo. Really? Mm-hmm. How much? Like, I don't know, 12 to 15 bucks per. Per? Per. Jesus. I mean, I was uh, in Target the other day, so they have uh, the NXT and the WWE dolls. And like the throwback dolls and the zombie dolls. Uh, and they're expensive. They are. As you said, people willing to pay that money. Right? Yeah, well, at least not as bad as Legos. One of the other things that I learned while I was in London is that 
Legos is kind of has a monopoly on Legos, obviously. That Lego- He's got a nightstick. Speaking of uh What who brings in <laughs> I don't was, there, was this a no disqualification? But yep, except obviously. When you, except when you go outside of the cage, then you you forfeit your team. But the oh, they're playing against the rules because Fatty didn't get back in the thing yet. I mean, his name's not Fatty, honey. His what name is, is Killian Dane. And if anything, the defining characteristic of him is his hairy it's back. He's very he, hairy. He doesn't shave. All right. All right. So, all right. Go ahead, hon. What is happening now? Harry back. Killian Dane. Killian Dane has uh, basically brought in chairs. Garbage cans. Kendo sticks are favorite. Just like a Brooklyn beatdown. And I guess he's technically not disqualifying them because he hasn't gotten in yet. So, oh, Jesus. So basically this is about, this has really gone into a clusterfuck. We want tables. The crowd's chanting tables. Oh, geez. Oh, eh. oh, what a great call, Morrow. Ask and you shall receive. Okay, the crowd is going nuts now. This is why I love professional wrestling, all right? Screw all your, your, your UFC, mixed martial arts. Oh, it's all about the, you know, and the technique and it's real. There's two rings. Three there's, teams. There's three teams. Two there's rings. a steel cage, and within that steel cage, we have trash cans, kendo sticks, chains, nightsticks, and now tables. All right, this is a spectacle. I'm lo- I have a huge smile on my face right now <laughs> because something crazy is going to happen. Oh! Ow! Oh! He missed with a chair shot, hit the rope, and it bounced back into his face. Let's see what Wolf does. He's going to say, um, I want the garbage yeah. can. Oh. Oh. Slammed him on the garbage can. Here comes Killian Dane. And there's that uh, I mean, Harry back. Oh. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Ask the ref to get it. And what's he doing? Why is, He's why locking is, everybody in. Why? Just because? That's right. Cut away because it's taking him a while. Yeah, he's he's fucking up here, buddy. Come on. Why did he lock the cage anyway? What is he? Did he just eat the key? Yeah. And he swallowed. <laughs> oh. I thought they don't they win though if they get a uh, a pinfall or submission. Yeah, I don't. I think, I think, I I don't know what, like I said, honey, this is going to be a cluster. It is a cluster. So, as I was saying, as I was bashing the UFC and other uh, organized sports and and, and legitimate sports, which I I enjoy, I am not putting down the, uh, the athletic competition, I am not putting down um, the fact that Jess is gingerly <laughs> trying to adjust the the boom stand right now and almost knocked it off. I it's, was I was gonna try to see if I could stand because my back hurts, but it's not happening. So, so um, all of it is legitimate. I, I I enjoy the athletic competition that happens. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a big New Jersey Devils fan. <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy hockey. 
I enjoy the art of stick handling and uh, um, how power plays work. Oh my god! <sighs> All right. What are we talking about? Why are we talking about hockey? And, and the reason why I why I say that is 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 there are just times where. I get burned out on all that. And yep. what better way to refresh everything than to have uh, uh, kendo sticks and trash cans and tables. So what you're saying games. is when you get bored of people beating up each other on the ice, you watch people beat up they each other each up. on <laughs> the not ice. No, I, there's always a chance, a very good chance that uh, certain games, especially, you know, like with baseball or even a UFC card can get, can get very boring. Oh. Mm. Mm. And 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 WWE NXT. What is this? Oh, oh he's gonna sit on him. No. Oh, he's gonna slam you on him. Oh. Double pin. One. Nope. They're really making Killian Dane look good here. Yeah. So. What's I talking about? The hockey and why you watch wrestling when you get bored of hockey. Yeah, but you where, don't where even. Else, where else? Even though, even though it's a, a a predetermined outcome, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know who's gonna win here. Quote win. Yeah. But look, but look at the entertainment that we're getting. That's what I'm talking about. You get the story. You get cra- You get a crazy spectacle, and you just. Oh, oh, wow. Look at his strength. Yeah, he's a big boy. One. He's going he's gonna to spawn drop it. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So now when you have two rings, there, I feel like they're, you know, you can't, those two oh, spots happen at the same Dane, time. Dane versus, what is that? Rezar or Akam? I don't know. I don't. They look too similar. Oh, they're in the middle. I swore they were brothers. And when I looked it up and realized they weren't, I was like, wow. Look at this. They're training forearms in, in, in between the two rings right now. <clears throat> Someone's going through the table. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, boot to the face. How's that Thanksgiving uh, turkey, people? I'm hoping that, you know, you brined it, as Jess said. Mm. Crossbody. Yeah, I was thinking about making Brussels sprouts, but I think your sister's going to make them. But uh, there's an awesome honey sriracha Brussels sprout mm. recipe I would highly recommend. Mm. It honey is sriracha. Uh, Brussels sprouts roasted. I don't know what the temperature is, but till they're nice and dark and crispy. Mm. Then you toss them in a combination of sriracha, honey, and lime Acom juice. just no sold, a, no sold a chain shot. Ooh! It is a cluster. It is a cluster right now. Ooh! And uh, what's his face? Uh, Eric Young is busted open. Did he break his nose? They they, they cut away. Oh, they're all in one ring right now. Nine people in one ring. Oh, what is this? Into a brain buster. That looked like it hurt. Brain busters are always tough to... Then again, they're they're probably very good at making it look like Uh-oh. you got dropped. What? what? The uh, ref just, I think, turned on his mic pack. Why? After he talked to, uh, I don't what know. Is, what does that mean? I don't know. <clears throat> Always adjusting the volume. Maybe. Because the refs do have uh, earpieces in. 
that's the other thing uh, 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 a lot of people probably don't know is that the refs, due to it, you know being a predetermined outcome, the refs even though they 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 look like oh they're just like officials or something, they're actually helping uh, to um, guide this the chaos that goes on, and they ha- and they have earpieces in, and usually there's someone in the back, probably Triple H. Or, or or someone else like saying okay blah 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 you know pick up the pace or you know what I mean yeah so. they do timing they tell like them where to look and what to do in case they're forgetting I remember too like mm-hmm. tell them when the commercial breaks are and you know when they're cutting for the winners and things there's a lot of things they do to to make the 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 match flow smoothly as well as protect the wrestlers as well too so. It's a, it's a fascinating thing once you get into it, you know. It, it it's literally like getting behind the scenes of like how like Hollywood movies are. Oh, is he doing like a chained armbar? Look at that. So he basically wrapped this chain all around this guy and and is basically doing a uh, an armbar to him, mm. like your your classic mixed martial arts armbar. Ooh, look at this. And it's broken up because Eric Young just nailed him with the flying elbow. So I feel like this match, because there's so much chaos going on, it's kind of like, Google oh. it on YouTube, you know, oh, so, after this. Is, I feel there like we're not doing so it justice, much. but there's so much going on. There is so much going on. And Why that would you guy Google has it on a YouTube? hairy back. They can just get the WWE Network oh for nine ninety nine. Oh my goodness, WWE shill you are. Nine ninety nine. Or is this, it like a month Watch this, watch this moonsault. Oh! It's, it's, yeah, everyone's just laying out. They probably, the ref probably told them to take it home now. You think? Absolutely. Let's see. It they is 10, the... 10, 10, 10 or so. Oh, maybe they'll take it to 11. <laughs> Imagine. Like, no, I'm sleepy. I won't last. I won't last. Jess is doing this for, for, for all of you folks. She's, she's hanging in there. I would give her a round of applause right now at home, from home. <laughs> For for Jess and her uh, longevity. Here yeah. we go. Let's see. Oh, we're going to do the power collider? Yeah. Super oh. Glider. Oh. The, that was bad camera work. It's yeah. hard. I can't really blame them. They're going to win. No way. Yep. Oh. Broken up. Yeah. Authors of Pain. Oh, he's busted open too somehow. Killian Dane. So do think, you, go ahead. Do you think that they're piloting th- things like this? Like, uh, whatchamacallit? What's the one where it's like the Iron Woman match where you have the the four corners, isn't it? Or it's how, which one is Iron the? Woman match is uh, uh, 30 minutes and whoever has the most falls at the end of the 30 minutes. Okay, and then wasn't there one where it was like the cow tie oh that's known as the indian strap match mm-hmm. where you're 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 tied together and you have to touch uh in succession all four turnbuckles so do you think nxt is basically i i don't want to call them gimmick matches because that's a negative connotation but i mean these unique type of match rules that nxt has had as sort of a throwback uh why do you think they're doing them here? Because they can? Do you think they're doing them to test them for main roster potential? 
a you, little bit of both. I think it's a little, definitely a little bit of both there. Oh, beautiful backbreaker. The other thing that happened was, um, um, I think uh, during the house shows, they said they were going to bring back Starcade, which What's was WCW's that? version of WrestleMania. And the thing that sucked about that was that it was only house shows and dark matches. Mm. So it never aired on the network. It, you know, so everyone was like, what the fuck? And so I think to appease them, the, the NXT crowd, the actual crowd where we can watch is that they gave them the next best thing, which is another WCW staple, War Games. Mm. Now, what was Starcade's thing? Nothing. Starcade was just, it was not a gimmick. It was like their WrestleMania. Okay. Like if WWF at the time had WrestleMania, which is considered like the Super Bowl of. Right. Their Super Bowl was Starcade. Okay. And it looks like it's, I'm hoping it, it, it builds to the end because there's been, there's been cool things. I think they've already milked as much as they can out of the, the, the two rings. I think so. I mean, they've not really done anything particularly interesting. If they had, you know, the table hasn't even been used yet. So I'm thinking they're going to put the table between the two rings and then push somebody through it, you know, where each side of the table is on one side of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just the pace is just a little slow. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, Oh, Jesus. <gasps> oh. Double <laughs> double Towers of Doom. And there's Adam Cole in the middle. <laughs> Is he going to say it? And the cr- That's why you just got to love the crowd. Yeah. The crowd knows all the chants. They know all like the old, like uh, signature lines from uh, previous wrestlers and when 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 they were in the other organizations. That's the other thing I love about uh, professional wrestling as well too. Where we back when we were talking about oh the the some people need the title, some people don't need the title, some people go over, some people don't go over. Some people get like a push, push mm-hmm. meaning like they get better and better matches or they move from the opening slot into the main event slot. Yep. The thing that makes it really uh, unique in in, uh, in comparison to pretty much other forms of entertainment is that it's, it's one of those um, um, mediums where the crowd actually can determine if someone gets a push. Right. If enough people just start cheering for you or enough people start booing for you, they they will ride that. If they're a good promotion, if they're right. if they know what's going on. Would one argue that like that's why Ty Dillinger got back on the main roster? Yes. Because due to the crowd just chanting ten incessantly. Right. Uh, I mean, and here comes your table spot, hon. Oh, I think oh, it's, they're not doing it the way I thought they were gonna. Oh, how, how did you think they were gonna do it? They were gonna put it between the two rings. Ooh, well, they can't do that. Look at the, look. They got there's like a metal. I don't care. Plate they could connecting they the so two rings. Could. They so could. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! I think they here could. Here we go. This but. is it. This is gonna be the last spot. It has to be. It's double tables. 
Oh my God. You know, there's a chant on the independence that uh, if there's ever like a really, really risky looking spot that's getting built up, the crowd starts chanting, please don't die. Please don't (laughs) die. And, and it's moments like this where, where people are teetering off the, Thank you, Mara. Super German suplex off the top rope Uh-oh, through the table. There's going to be something crazy. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. They're teetering on the top. Adam Cole is... Oh! Adam Cole is teetering off the top, and uh, Rezar Akam was, like, coming after him, and then... What's his face? Eric Young just spiked the guy off the rope. So now, what is Adam Cole doing? He's like... I think he's going to stand up at the corner and do some giant spot in the ring. That's a good prediction. Why he's? It looks like someone else is busted open because the ref has just put on his uh, gloves. His, his gloves. Usually that's reserved for. Oh. oh. It looks like he may have cut his head. Uh, uh, Wolf, who did the uh, ger- super German suplex to one of the guys uh, from Authors of Pain through the tables, it looks like he may have cut open the back of his head because you know even those those tables are meant to be like breakable. You can't predict like you know those shards if they're gonna yeah i mean the the angle uh, you know everything still hurts oh jesus here we go and if you also notice like a lot of the 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 moves are are they relatively try to avoid dropping people on their heads or on the back of the necks sans the brain buster sans the one of the other, I forgot what it was, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, um, um, as much as I enjoy seeing, like, incredible maneuvers, high-flying moves, or or uh, or high-impact moves, I'd mm-hmm. rather see it to the body. We, you know, I've gotten into this on a, on a couple of podcasts of just, like, with CTE, and I'm sure there are... Do you know they, they oh, developed... Oh, we went coast to coast. Go on. Uh, they're trying to develop a... Uh, right now, CTE can only be diagnosed in an autopsy after mm-hmm. death. Oh, go on. Yes. And they've uh, recently discovered that they might be able to diagnose it earlier, or they're starting to see indicators that would indicate CTE in a living person versus yep. only on upon autopsy. So they're trying to develop a test to basically test for CTE... Um, in the living, and I think uh, that was that was recent too. Like, yes. uh, like an NFL, they were able to diagnose CTE on like a currently playing Correct. NFL player or currently living. I don't think currently playing, but yeah. currently living, yes. So, oh, what's Adam Cole gonna do? Let's just hope he doesn't give himself CTE after this. Oh, uh, stop! He'll be fine. Um. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here we go. See, outside of that, he's fairly generic for me. Yep. What's he gonna do? What the hell's he gonna do? But Adam can't, Cole can't go touch the bottom where he disqualifies his team. Yep. What's happening here? They are teetering on the top. Please don't die. Oh, Jesus. You know. <laughs> As like crazy and zany as professional wrestling can be. All right, so 
like I said, this cage doesn't have a top. You would say it's what, 15 feet up at least? Yeah. They're standing on the top corner of it right now. Luckily, there's like a... You hear them? Yeah. They're chanting, please don't die. Oh, Holy shit. wow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, good. All right. That would... That's cool. All right. So they did a superplex off the top of the cage, which normally, if you did that, you would land into the middle ring. And I've seen other wrestlers do that, but just like our talk with CTE and preventing injury... <laughs> What is this? Okay. Just with the talk of CTE and preventing injury, as he was superplexing uh, him off the top of the cage, the rest of the, the wrestlers, the participants in the match, were all kind of like gathered in a mass. So they superplexed them on top of, you know, they basically caught him. Yeah. Now the crowd is chanting, this is awesome. So I do, I do appreciate that. As much as, like, we love to see, like, insane moves, yeah, you don't want to actually see someone get dropped on there. I don't want to see that. No, I mean, I legitimately, no, you don't want to see that. You never want to see that. I don't want to see a legit chair shot to the head ever again, you know? Protect it somehow. Hit him in the shoulder. Hit him in the upper back. And in that case, like, yeah, a superplex is like, all right, you're, you're landing on your back. But at the same time, it's kind of like the impact can still mm. radiate through the body. Yeah. So it's kind of like cool that, all right, they protected it with people, you know. So, and you can see the crowd appreciating that as well, too. I think anyone would, would appreciate. So here it is. As you said, hon, there's probably going to be something done in the middle of the ring, especially on that metal plate. Let's see. Nope. Here it comes. <clears throat> That's their finishing move. So what do you think this how do you think this matches so far? It's a good example of of war games and I think it's one of those things that should only happen once, once every once in a long time. And it should It's one of those things where like as you said it's like nine people. It's like how do you how do you really truly develop a rivalry among like nine people? It has to be something. It's a good way if you have like faction versus faction, probably. Right, oh, but when nice. you have three instead of two, I think it gets a little messy. It it is it is a little messy, and and they are pulling out a lot of stops, and they are really going as all out as possible. But speaking of storytelling, earlier on, I would like to have seen a little bit more of it in the match in terms of psychological storytelling. Oh yeah. There's not much going on. It's like spot after spot after spot at, 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 at this point. What is this? What? Mm. They're setting it up. I think they're setting it up. It looks like they're really setting up this Adam Cole versus uh, Roderick Strong kind of like thing. Because mm. they keep like having them be like one-on-one -on -one against each other and like staring down each other. Yeah. I don't really know the backstory there, do you? Not really. Either. But I think there was one about him joining them and he decided oh, yeah, like, not like, to. Like, like Adam Cole, like really, uh, since he's the head of Undisputed, wanting him to join that faction. Mm. Ooh, Why? Kendo sticks it ahead. Why did the ref just pass the garbage can to the other ring? We'll I see. guess there's no more spots and like I don't want to see any more people like get cut open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing my gloves. 
And here comes a, a, a steel chair. He's going to super kick him. He's going to super kick him through the chair and into his face. I'm sure he will. No, yeah. It wasn't a super kick. It was like a running knee. That's it. Come on. That's it. Yep. So, undisputed Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. One pinfall over Sanity. Eric Young. And I want to uh, congratulate Jess on being a <laughs> champion and really pushing through. Like I said, if you're not pushing on this podcast, you're not learning. So. And what did I learn? <laughs> you you learned the limits of that. You can actually still kind of keep a coherent thought. Kind of. Even though you're about to pass out right yep, now. Yep, yep. And uh, also the record for podcast length. For me, yeah. No, for all podcasts. Really? 220. Wow. So far. Oh, my goodness. Yep. But, yeah, it looks like it's all over. I wah, don't know. Wah. I don't know what's going to happen with the, 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 the result of it all. But what I will say, I, I think we should give a, a, a little special thanks to, to everyone since we're, supposedly this will be released around Thanksgiving time. So what would you like to say as far as giving thanks? Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time. Enjoy the food. Enjoy your family. Uh, be thankful and see you guys later on. And it's not I really inspirational. <laughs> She's done. I'm done. Goose just is like cooked, the, just, just like the change. turkey. Yeah, just like the turkey. Just stick uh, a fork in it. I'm She's all done. done. I would. I would definitely say yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'd also like to thank everyone uh, in the short amount of time, the wonderful guests that we've had, the wonderful support that we've had, um, the 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 wonderful feedback that we've gotten as well too. Um, we love you all. And we hope you enjoy the uh, the holidays. We have upcoming guests that will run up through uh, going into Christmas, going into the the new year. We will announce them uh, soon enough. Mm -hmm. And everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Bye.